It's time debit card users are also included in the cashback fun. Now everyone can get cashback on everyday purchases with Discover Cashback Debit. That includes no fees, period. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank member FDIC. Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. Folks, what is up? It is so bad it's good with Ryan Bailey. I am Ryan Bailey, episode 58. Woo! We're doing this again? Can we do this again? Are you with me? Can we do this again? Let us do this again together. That, of course, was the song Jump by a little band called Van Halen. Ryan, who is Van Halen? Shame on you. Shame on you right then and there. I know there's a lot of young folks that <laughs> listen to this podcast and and let me tell you why we're we're doing Van Halen today uh, as opposed to uh, a, say a Countess Luann song or 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 uh, one of the uh, ladies of Potomac we're doing Van Halen because Eddie Van Halen uh, passed away yesterday at the young age of 65 now Ryan who is Eddie Van Halen that's a great question please uh from this point on uh do not talk let me talk um he actually was uh, a genius at guitar playing he was one of the uh what you would call a virtuoso at a young age um he really was considered the mozart of uh electric guitar and i know that sounds silly but you know let let me 
let me play you a little piece of this song. This is, this is, he, he did this. This is called Erupt. Oh, also, if you're listening to this on headphones, uh, this might get loud. that with his hands that is some of the fastest guitar playing you will ever hear in your life even if you don't like that kind of music you have to respect someone that is able to uh, elevate what they do to push forward the boundaries not unlike a certain bad boy of podcasting that really pushes this form and I don't want to say myself I mean I know you're saying it already so I don't need to say it but uh, Eddie Van Halen was one of those people uh, also you know he was one of the people that that uh, helped really create MTV. I mean, Van Halen was huge in the 80s. I remember as a little, little tiny tyke in the 80s, um, he made you feel cool. He made, like, I, I mean, he was the inventor of kids playing air guitar. Everybody wanted to, you know, wanted to play, um, you know, he, he did the guitar solo and beat it and gave it to Michael Jackson. He did it in one take. I mean, the guy was ingenious. He was also uh, uh, one of the, I guess, insanest heavy drinkers as well. But he fought cancer for the last 10 years. And uh, he was a, a heavy smoker. But he said he got um, uh, cancer from holding a metal guitar pick in his mouth for uh, all those years. And that's how he thinks he got cancer, but he he flew around to like all different countries to um, find uh, different cures for this cancer and, and really fought it bravely for 10 years. Um, so Eddie Van Halen, you know, this this one goes out to you and, and it um, it's important to uh, it's important to remember these things. It's important to celebrate these things, not only their music, but who they are as people. And I hope we do this for everybody. And, you know, we're in such a time. And by the way, guys, this is going to be one of the funnest shows you've ever heard. So I'm just getting this out of the way now because this isn't sad. This is a celebration uh, of somebody that uh, his music meant a lot to me. And uh, you just got to tip the hat to people that, uh, you know, this life can be so tough. So people that entertain us, people that really, you know, uh, give us something to look forward to in life um, or something to celebrate with, which I think his music always did. We have to. Uh, really, I, I think, take a second and and appreciate that because uh, we can see lately how tough this is. So we always need those reprieves. And uh, so, yeah, Eddie Van Halen, we're starting the show with you, bud. I'm, I'm sure you would love to be lumped in with a bunch of housewives and Bravo, uh, Bravo peeps. But here we are. Um, so, yeah, guys, so bad it's good. Episode 58. How are we doing? Episode 57 I released on Sunday, so this is just a couple short days later. But episode 57 is great. Like I said, you know, these things uh, you don't need to listen to right at the moment they come out. Uh, but we had a great episode. Kiki from Talk of Shame, Priscilla from Bonjour Bitches blog that we did those scenes, the Bravo scenes, was just so, so much fun. So that episode is always there. Um, I talked about, I mean, here's the deal. 
Eddie Van Halen, we you know we talk about his music one. I'm telling you, I want to be remembered when I pass away. Put this episode on my tombstone. Just throw it on there. Preferably throw your laptop on there or whatever listening device you're listening on it, and just throw it on my tombstone because this and and leave this one playing because this one is the one I want to be remembered for. We have not one, not two, not we have well not. It is three. We have three great interviews today. Three great interviews, which I'm going to announce in a second. It's going to knock you off your coal mining asses. Which, by the way, I have a real bad habit of saying coal mining asses now, but I just can't. It just it rolls up the tongue. Coal mining asses. What does that even mean? What does that even mean? Um, of course, we have my parents. So that is four guests, actually. So that's four guests. Um, so I'm very excited to present today's episode to you. If you're new to the podcast, hi, I've missed you so much. What, what is your name? My name is Ryan. Hi, thank you for listening. Um, let me explain to you how this works. Um, there are timestamps. These are long form podcasts. Not a lot of people do this because it's, uh, ridiculously hard. Only the craziest and the baddest of boys can do long form podcasts. And that's what you're dealing with. You're dealing with a guy that hit the snooze button three times today. Like a bad boy. Oh, oh, yeah, that's right. You, you might be talking to a guy who worked out yesterday and didn't take a shower immediately after. Bad boy. You might be talking to a guy who later in the evening went to Taco Bell, even though it gives him bad stomach problems. And he knew it going into it. But a seven-layer burrito called him because he's a bad boy. That's who you're dealing with. So if you can't deal with this kind of danger, I suggest you shut this podcast off now because we don't need you. We're the baddies and we're going (laughs) to. We've got a little thing going. So if you want to be a part of it, come be a part of it. If not, I get I. Hey, there's plenty of podcasts out there that'll brush your hair and call you pretty. This ain't this ain't one of them. Ma'am or miss, sir or ma'am. Um, so how is everybody? Is everybody doing? I'm, I am I. don't know. I, last week was a very, I talked about it, was a soul-sucking week for some reason. I'm kind of coming out of it a little bit. I just, I have so much stuff to do. And as you can tell, I'm completely disorganized. So thank you. Uh, yeah, so timestamps, it's there. You can skip around to whatever interview you want. What you can do for me. Listen, that's always good. Tell a friend. Uh, if you like the podcast, rate it five stars on Apple Podcasts. That always helps. Um, if you need more content from me, uh, go to patreon.com forward slash so bad it's good. Uh, there are solo recaps. Uh, part two of this podcast today will have a song breakdown of Candace uh, from Real Housewives of Potomac. Her song, I See You, which we didn't get to last week, and it'll have, like, I think a below-deck med recap, and then you can find Real Housewives of New York and Real Housewives of Potomac recaps over there. We are starting Don't Be Tardy, the new season, which I am not looking forward to. Me and Maritza Lopez, my digital producer who makes some amazing, amazing images for me, we're going to recap that. Selling Sunset Friday, we are closing up the shop on Selling Sunset this Friday. Uh, Annabelle DeSisto is going to recap that last episode with me. And then we're going on to a new show, which I will announce uh, really soon. And so there's plenty of fun stuff happening over there if you want more content, if you want to be a part of the baddies. I have not forgot about our trip to Buca de Beppo. That is in the works. Uh, as soon as they are allowing uh, big groups of people, that will be ours. And I will give that date in 
that date will be given to you um, plenty in advance so we can all book our flights. <laughs> so um, that's what we, we got a lot of stuff. We got a lot of stuff going, folks. We really, really do. Um, it's very exciting. I thank you guys so much. And I'm going to talk about you guys. This was so cool to be a part of. Um, I, I need to say her name correctly, but um, I was a part of an article um Yesterday, I mean, well, I got to say we are all a part of an article because it's about the community we are creating together, this Bravo community that I really love. And I, I, I'm not making any sort of joke right now. I really, really do appreciate all of this and everybody. Um, so hold on one sec. Let me find this name. Konstantinovsky. You were so close. So that is uh, my friend, the writer of this article, Michelle Konstantinovsky. Konstantinovsky, Michelle Konstantinovsky. Uh, she wrote an article uh, for uh, a website called Thrillst, and it turned out so good. The title of the article is How Bravo Fans Are Finding Comfort and Community Through Their Favorite Reality TV Shows. And I put the link up on my Instagram, and I'll, I'll do it again, and I'm so proud of it. I'm so proud to be a part of it. Some of my favorite podcasters or people are in it as well. You got Danny, Pellegrino, Manly Bravo, and it really talks about this this summer and going through uh, quarantine and, and Black Lives Matter protests and, and just um, and us kind of all relying on each other. And I, I take that very seriously. I don't joke about that, and it's a really, really beautifully written article that I was so proud to be a part of. So Michelle, thank you so much. She's going to be on the podcast next week, which we'll talk about this article more. And I know she's a huge uh, Bravo reality show uh, freak like all of us. So I can't wait to talk to her. But Michelle, congratulations on the article. And and uh, I hope you guys all read it because I really, I really think it uh, sums up a lot of what we all went through this summer. And I, uh, I was really, really excited about it. So um Okay, do you guys want to know who's on the podcast today? Is this, are you guys ready? You're like, Ryan, shut up. You've done, okay, okay, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you, okay. Okay, so I had, I have a list. Uh, I talk about this on the intro, but she is on my uh, my dream guest list. Uh, she has a radio show on Sirius Satellite Radio, uh, Radio Andy, and she does some of the best impressions of these Bravo housewives that I've ever seen. She's just funny as heck. Um, just so, so talented. Her name is Amy Phillips. Uh, she is on five days a week on Radio Andy uh, on a show called Reality Checked, which if you don't listen to, if you don't have serious, you got to get serious. You got to listen to it. She recaps all these shows. She's just amazing. So Amy Phillips, we have Amy freaking Phillips on the podcast today. That is a dream guest, folks, a dream guest. And in fact, she was so cool. I had never got to really talk to her before. And we talked for like 15 minutes before the podcast even started. I wish I wish I had just started it immediately because she's just so fun to talk to. I could have talked to her for hours. I could have talked. She's just so good. So great. Um, and you, like, folks, that's a podcast right there. But we don't do it small here. We do not do it small. Now, I talked to uh, I talked to you guys last week about somebody that ghosted me, about a housewife who ghosted me. And folks... True love does exist because this housewife reappeared from ghosting me, and she is on the podcast today, and she was so sweet, so nice, and it was just a really great conversation. I think it's a little different than the conversations you might have heard her have already, uh, but Miss Elise Slane from Real Housewives of New York this past season, she is on the podcast, and she is amazing. 
she uh, she was podcasting from her New York uh, apartment, which it was crazy. You know those like Zoom backgrounds people will put up to make their places look like really nice and fancy. She didn't need a Zoom background. Her place is nice and fancy. I was like, she went up to get water and I was just like looking at her room and I was like, this is amazing. It's like, it's like when you're a kid and you're like, Ooh, I would like a penthouse in New York and I would put this in it and that in it. That's what her apartment looked like. So at least Slane is joining us and it's a really great conversation. And these are all really, it's like, I think that's like a 40 minute conversation. Amy's like 50 minutes. And then our last guest is 20 minutes. <laughs> our last guest folks, this is, it's like a triumphant uh, podcast. You might know him from Real Housewives of New York, Season 8. Uh, have you been to a Be The Bitch? I know you. <laughs> you guys remember Ray? Do you guys remember Ray Setter from Real Housewives of New York who dated Luann? And he was in an iconic episode where he was way too drunk and busted in at a party. We got him, folks. We got him. Ray is on the podcast, and we got we talk about New York. We talk about seeing Harry Dubin. We talk about romance with Luann, Ramona texting him. Um, he was so nice. He was so great, and I can't imagine this poor guy. Like, why is some guy obsessed with talking to him? That's me. I'm obsessed with talking to him. So we've got three great guests, uh, and of course, my parents, but... Uh, and then we got some fun bits in between. I got to talk to you. Dorinda did a podcast with Bethany where she talks a little bit more about like not it wasn't mutual her being let go, which she finally admitted. I got to I got to uh, we got to talk. Uh, there's a clip I got to play. I want to see if you dig it as much as I do. Uh, it could be in the Garth Justin uh, category and Garth and Justin will be making an appearance in next week's episode. So I'm very excited to have them back. Uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, um uh, pay attention as, uh, Daniel Staub says. So we got plenty of stuff for you in today's podcast. Uh, of course my parents, blah, 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 but let's, should we get into it? Because I'm just so excited for you guys to hear this, this, this Amy Phillips, uh, interview because she's just was, and guys, she invited me to be on radio Andy when they're, t when they're doing guests again, when it's like safe, that's like a dream. To be on Sirius Satellite Radio, the home of Howard Stern, the home of Radio Andy, she asked me, to, like, I, I literally had to pinch myself. I was like, oh, I can retire now. Like, that was so exciting for me. Like, I know I know that's like, oh, are you serious? Like, yeah, that really is a goal of mine, to be on Sirius Satellite Radio. So if I could do that, that's like a bucket list thing for me. Also, everybody that has asked about my dog, I've DM'd, a, I was... Not DM'd. I a lot of people DM'd me asking about my dog because my dog has been having seizures and is was not doing well, uh, and a lot of hospital visits and stuff like that. And gotta say, she's doing really good. She got put on a new medication. Has not had a seizure in nine days. Her name is Brooklyn. She lives with her mom most of the time, but her mom is going away on business for um, like four weeks, four or five weeks, and. I am going to be babysitting my dog or I, that's so sad <laughs> babysitting my dog, <laughs> but I am, and I'm going to take the best care of her and make sure everything is good and she is healthy, but I am very excited and nervous because she has been having health problems. So I just want to make sure she has the best care around and I'm just going to be watching her like a hawk, but thank you to all the people because I had posted uh, a picture of her on Instagram saying this, and I know I talked about it on the podcast, so I just wanted to update you on that. She has, um, hopefully, knock on wood, the medicine has really been, 
you know, doing well. She's 10 years old in a Pekingese Shih Tzu, and she's had heart problems from a very young age. So it's, uh, but it just got really, really bad this last month and a half. So uh, update on that. Everything is is starting to be better, which is just a huge relief uh, because these little people are our best friends. So, yes. Yeah, so let's get into this. Let's get let's get hyped. Let's do this for Eddie Van Halen. Let's have a good time, folks. We got enough bad out there. Let's have fun. Let's laugh together. I'm telling you, this interview is going to make you laugh. It's going to put a smile on your face. Uh, Amy Phillips, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, and I'm going to play like a minute and a half of one of my favorite girl talk songs right now, just so we can get pumped, just so we can get jazzed. We we are here to have fun, folks, and I am going to have fun today, and so are you. Listen to this and just try not to dance in your car. Go ahead, let it out. Go ahead, let it out. Go ahead, let it out. Check it out, stretch it out. Go ahead, let it out. Futuristic, would ya? Put your two lips on my wood and kiss it, could ya? See yourself with a nigga working harder than nine to five. Get ten to six, two jobs to survive. Or do you need a ball up so you can shop and tear them all up? Drag, take your friends, but I bought ya. If you couldn't see yourself with a nigga when his dough is low, baby girl, if this is so, can I get a fuck you to the bitches from all of my niggas who don't love hoes? They get Ladies and gentlemen, my next guest is really, I wrote out a wish list a year ago when I started this podcast. And these were like half of the people I were I was not brave enough to ask. And this person was at the top of that list. Not only does she do some of the best impressions of these people that we so dearly love, she is on five days a week on one of the best radio shows talking about what we do here. And it's Sirius Satellite Radio. So you know you gotta love it. Like it's the home of Stern. She's on Radio Andy. She does these five days a week. She recaps all the shows, she does the impressions. And if you are go join Sirius if you haven't, because this past week, they even did a Radio Andy theater where she plays uh, played the iconic role. I mean, like Broadway actors don't get to play this kind of <laughs> these kind of roles. She played Ramona Singer at the Greystone Manor episode where Dorinda got to see, you know, there's a mugshot of your darkness. Um, but she is an insanely talented uh, just actor as well. So Amy Phillips, welcome to the show. Oh thank you. God. Thank you. Thank this you. This is the best introduction I have ever gotten. I thank you. I feel like I wish I had a product to <laughs> sell because I, I think that you would sell it for me. So, well, I mean, it's been good talking to you and we'll talk to you next time. Okay. Uh, but by the way, guys, she really is. You really are at the top of my list. And I was so jazzed to see oh, you along with the watch what crappens guys, Danny Pellegrino and yes. Ira as like uh, actual guests. It was one of my favorite. Yeah. Cause I really do watch, watch what happens live on a nightly basis. I used to be yeah. a letterman guy back in the day and that weirdly switched yeah. to Andy Cohen now. And I really dig that. But um, 
before we get into all the shows, because I just heard her do a recap of Below Deck with <laughs> Rob, I'm Rob, Rob, I'm very Rob. Rob so, yes. uh, I don't, how, are you, how are you doing with Rob and Jess potentially not having a relationship anymore? How is that? Has that affected you at all? Yes, it has affected me. Thank you for asking for being so sensitive. During the <laughs> I, I, I could tell something was bothering you at the top, so I wanted to make sure. <laughs> You're like, I have to get to the bottom. This is like Barbara Walters. We have to get <laughs> yeah. to deep. Uh, um, what kind of tree are you in? What do you think about Rob and Jess? Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I am kind of blown away. And I talked about this on the show today, which is that like just the whole thing that I just didn't see this coming with Rob. I really, I felt like, yes, I felt bamboozled. I really trusted him. I opened up my life to him. I wasn't ready to say I love you, but I did anyway. <laughs> and then at the end, he Kaiser so saved me and like wait, walked away and got rid of his limp. And I was you like, you said this though. Wait, wait, wait. You said this though, because you guys, if you saw last night, which I hope you did, he turns away after having like a little tiff with Jess and he's like, all of a sudden decides he's not going to go to Bali anymore. And he goes to the first mate, which we rarely see. And he's yeah. like, I'm in for the crossing. I'm in for the crossing. And like, like he smiles and yeah. you know, but you said it's a Kaiser Soze moment when I just thought he's like a doofy guy where he was like, I made a decision and I'm not going to like cry in front of the first mate. So I'm just going to say like, but you thought it was a full Kaiser oh. Soze? I do. I do. I'm going to double down on that only just for dramatic purposes. Okay. Uh, perfect. Yeah. You- uh, just for drama. Um, yeah. Yes. Because I think he, now I realize, I just think he's more pre, he premeditated this whole situation with Jess, he had no long-term intention. I don't even think. You Wait, you really think he had no long-term? I really do. I really don't think he had any long- I don't even think he made those reservations to Bali. Oh, that would be amazing if that came out on the reunion. Like oh, that would my be, God, that would be so That would cool. be amazing if like Andy asked, like, because they always throw receipts. We actually need yes. a real receipt. Wouldn't that be amazing? Yes. Um, like, can we please see that uh, international, you know, a reservation? Let's see it on your phone. Let's get the confirmation. <laughs> well, uh, it's, it's hard to see right here, but you can see that uh, I clicked this. Right. He just seems like he writes bad poetry and then wants to yes. look at you like while he has like pretzel sex positions and like stare into your <laughs> eyes and stuff. He does. He does. And, he does. I mean, they, I think I might be giving him more credit than he's due. I think you may be right. I don't know. But it's even like Team Denise, Team Rinna. I wasn't yes. I wasn't Team Denise necessarily, but I knew I was definitely not Team Rinna. And I think Jess and Rob yes. kind of are a similar thing where I like, I don't even know who to root for because I- Oh yeah, I agree. I'm not, I am not on Team Jess either. <laughs> And I think like my uh, my producer Alyssa, who is who's on every episode. You, she's like she all, the show. Yeah, so I love her so much, and she actually kind of made a funny point, which was just that it was like I can't really get on board with either of them. I was like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. Like I'm not really rooting for any one of them. <laughs> I just sort of wanted them to go off to Bali together. But at the end of the day, I think it was a fun twist that they didn't work out. I mean, they completely imploded in every possible way with Rob just being flirting with this charter guest who's just like, oh, you're stung by a jellyfish. (laughs) I see you. I feel you. I hear (laughs) It's like, dude, you're supposed to protect the charter guest. You legit, I don't care if she's parkour or whatever. You let her swim with a ton of jellyfish and of course (laughs) she got stung. And then you let her swim back to the boat. What an asshole. And then last episode, he actually said something so idiotic like he was like, modeling keeps calling me back you know like modeling is not something that like is like a thing that it's not a calling you know it's like um you're not uh, moana okay and the the ocean is not your instagram modeling career (laughs) you brought up a great point though about like the 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 fan base like kind of forces you into being like one side or the other it's like insane passion and um and you can just like dislike both of them that's an option as well i think i totally agree and isn't that sort of what 
watching reality television is. We sort of really enjoy watching horrible people. It's wrestling. It's like worldwide wrestling. Okay, thank you. And 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 to tip of the hat to my husband, who's a huge wrestling fan. And I always say to him, he's like, I can't believe you watch this stuff. And I'm like, uh, I can't believe you watch this stuff. It's the same thing, you know? It's totally the same thing. It's like, yeah. these are like, I forget sometimes that they're real people because you're judging them on these like really huge like arguments and stuff like that. So yeah. it's hard to think that Lisa Rinna actually dances in her house, but we know <laughs> she does, you know? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I need to know how you got started because you're from Michigan originally, right? Yeah, yep. I'm a mid Midwest gal okay, from Michigan, uh, yeah. outside Detroit, a little <laughs> town called Gross Point. And uh, yeah, I had a flair for acting. I don't know. No, I'm <laughs> I read I read your bio on your website, which, by the way, oh, she has did? an amazing character reel. Which I, I wanted to ask, oh, like, thanks. obviously, you've auditioned for SNL in the past, I right? I did. Yes, I auditioned twice, but I did not get the job. Yeah. <laughs> what if you're like, I'm on it right now? Yes. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. You guys haven't noticed I've been doing it virtually this whole time. <laughs> well, I think about like, as a former actor, you just kind of, no, as a, I'm still, I'm an actor, but you don't know which way the direction, like the river is going to take you. Yeah, yes. And like you kind of, so you went to Michigan and then did you study drama in high school and then yeah. go to Chicago? I did drama in high school. I, uh, I ended up going to New York. I went to the American Academy of Dramatic Arts. And then I ended up leaving there to get my degree. So I went back to Detroit, got a degree in broadcast communications, ended up doing some acting on the side. While I was working in advertising, I discovered the world of voiceover, commercial voiceover and stuff. So I ended up kind of pivoting my way from advertising to voiceover as well as doing local radio. Like, so I was on, on, on radio doing sketches and impersonations for, for like the Detroit radio station, Dick Burton. Um, and at that time it was like Hillary Clinton and Martha Stewart was in jail. So it was just a lot of that <laughs> and Ellen DeGeneres. So it was all of those, that wheelhouse. And then I found improv at second city in Detroit. So I studied improv. Then I eventually made my way to Chicago where I did commercial acting voiceover and did like IO, you know, improv Olympic yeah. and second city and the annoyance, annoyance Theater. Yeah. It was just like the best time of my life. And then I moved to LA. And then and I so just- did you move to LA thinking like, I'm I'm gonna hit I'm gonna hit TV and movies. That's it. That's that's the, I'm gonna the be a star. I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's, move over. It's me. <laughs> I got my hands ready and I'm glistening from inside out. I'm sparkling. <laughs> yes, I took my the, my best Liza Minnelli impression and I moved to LA. And then, uh, yes, I was like, I if if nothing else, voiceover. I mean, voiceover has really just been like my bread and butter for yeah. so long, and I love 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 doing it. So I I knew coming out here, I had an agent voice. So it was just like every single day I would just do, go in, do my voiceover auditions, blah, blah, blah. That was my, that's my career. Everything else outside of that was, oh, you know, um, a passion project. So I just would continue to do character reels, more impersonations from just regular celebrities to, uh, then I started to pivot into the Bravo world. So I did. Well, so yeah, what is that? What is that pivot? Like, were you watching those shows at the time or did somebody, did some. (laughs) Erica Jane used to come into (laughs) Leslie's, the studio I worked at and she would come in and her, her driver, her driver would, um, leave the car running the whole time. I am so fascinated. So her, she would come in in sweatpants Puff Daddy is the only other person that did the same thing. He, the driver would leave the car running. Erica uh-huh. Jane's driver would leave the car running while she was wow. in for like an hour. And I was like, is that in case Erica Jane needs to get out of here really right. quick? 
Like I gotta, I, was... I gotta, I gotta pat the puss fast. <laughs> I can't pat it in here. I can't pat it at Leslie Collins. I gotta... <laughs> Wait, I am so blown away. First of all, what a waste of gas. Um, and but secondly, uh, I I will see you, your Erica Jane, at your studio, and I will raise you. Mm. I saw Tom Sandoval when I was there. Yeah, Tom and Tom both took Tom and Tom well, both Tom. took classes. Ariana took classes there, and Leslie, my old boss, is the one that told Ariana she should do the reality show because she she was she was scared I'm that sure. it was she was scared that it was gonna like well is it not gonna like let me be taken seriously as an actor? Mm-hmm. And you know we see with Sheena that's not the case, and and, uh, <laughs> and so no, it's like they've all been there at some point, so they all had notes. And like Tom's picture is like, yeah, like he's all happy and Tomish and like, yeah. but it's, it's kind of funny because you see so many of these, like we all come to LA with that same kind of like a little bit of a sparkle in our eye and stuff yep. like that. Yes. And, and then you get bear hit, you get oh. like a, a bear claw in one side of the face. You're like, okay, I can knock, I'm knocked down. I can get back up again. And then no, you get, you get no. tiger scraped in the other side and you're like, uh, can you see that? It's not so bad. And then the hits just keep coming. It's like the Revenant with Leo DiCaprio. You're just like living <laughs> yeah. inside. Like a bear's just Revenant. wanting to ma- like eat you, you know, like, um, <laughs> But it is funny, like, you're just like, everybody's like one step away from being on a hit reality show. And that's the feeling you get walking around Los Angeles is that everybody's like, oh, okay, reality shows are an option now. Let's do that. Mm-hmm. Um, which, by the way, because you recap Selling Sunset on your yeah. show as well. Mm-hmm. And I have a theory that uh, Jason or Brett are actually one people and they've been using CGI. Do you, you think <laughs> any way to that? Because you don't- Genius. Uh, yes, I, I am on board with that theory. You can't tell which one is which ever, and you don't care. You know care. what? I did interview Jason for my show, and <laughs> why didn't I interview both of them? Exactly. It's like when everybody used to say Michael and Janet were the same Jackson. Like, you just never saw them <laughs> in the same room. Um, okay, so you came out here. Ramona, you knew you could do, so you were a fan oh, of the shows? Yeah, I started watching the Rachel. Well, I started watching Bravo. Rachel Zoe. Well, yeah. Like, first of all, I was started, I turned on Bravo. I'm like, wasn't this supposed to be an, wasn't this like an art channel where there was like opera and <laughs> yeah. I was so confused. Inside about the actor studio was. used to yes, be on like, it. Yeah. Really, you know, intellectual <laughs> shows. And so then one day I came across the Rachel Zoe project and it completely sucked me in. So then I did, I was like, I have to do an impersonation of this lady. I don't know who this is, but what I just like, I die over her. Like it's banana. So like I, <laughs> I told my boyfriend at the time, who's now my husband, I was like, just drive around in the car. I'm going to set the camera up. I'm just going to just talk to the camera. He's like, okay. So I just sat in the back of the car and I was just like, Tay, Tay, like Brad. And I just talked on the phone. And so Roger, yeah, Roger. (laughs) And then, um, what ended up happening from that was a couple things on the same thing happened with the Ramona singer video was I did the same thing with Ramona's. I started watching real housewives of New York. It really sucked me in. And then one day I just was like Pina Grigio and it just was Ramona (laughs) lived inside of me and I didn't know it. (laughs) And so, I was like, I have to do a video of Ramona. So the same thing happened with with both those videos, which was that um, Watch What Happens Live saw them and they were like, hey, can we play these videos on the show? And I was like, yeah. So they just did a quick little segment and they showed a clip on the show. And and then also parallel to that, Ramona saw the video, Rachel Zoe saw the video. They thought it was really funny. And then they both wanted to do like stuff together. So, um, <laughs> so I, <didn't> <laughs> I just so love weird. the fact that one of your acting partners in this, in this world that we're on is Ramona Singer. 
<laughs> yes. Yes. And she has a technique. Well, you know what's so funny is that the argument about Ramona, women supporting women, does she really? And yeah. the answer is yes. She was so supportive of me from the get-go, like the first housewife to really embrace, you know, yeah. me making fun of her. And was like, she called me on the phone. She's like, and by the way, she's always talking, like she was in the middle of a conversation when I answered it. <laughs> So I was like, hello. She's like, and then I was talking to Annie. I said, I want to have you go watch my life, get a bartender, and then I'll be in the show. And you can be in the show too. We can be both Ramonas. So she kind of came up with the idea of me being on Watch What Happens Live with her and me as the bartender. And Watch What Happens Live was happy to do that. They brought me out there. We did this together. And then from there, Andy was like, we love your videos. We want you to keep doing them. So we just, I just kept doing I just kept going with as far as I could go with any housewife I could do. And um, some housewives, I just had to really study hard to do the impersonation. Um, Bethany had to really work for her, try to figure out like her cadence. It'd be like, like, it's just like, is it like, it's why it's like, what's he? It's like, why? And she kind of <laughs> talks like a stand up comedian and others just sort of were within my person already that were easier. And I just kept doing the videos and watch what happens live, just kept playing them. And I've, built the relationship up to where I love, it's like they're a, a family, a home away from home. They're in New York. I'm in LA, but they're so great. They're so supportive. And then eventually years down the line, I wanted to start a podcast about housewives. And I was like, oh, I should probably ask Andy if this is okay, because really, you know, I work a lot for uh, Watch What Happens Live. That's his show. And technically they've given me this platform. They've given me the opportunity of to do this stuff. So I asked Andy, I said, can I, you know, do I have your blessing on doing a podcast about housewives? And he was like, well, why don't you just do it on radio Andy? And I was like, what? Because at that time his channel hadn't launched yet. There was no announcement out that he was going to be going on serious and have his own channel. So I had no clue that was happening. And the next thing I know, I'm doing a weekly show, our show on housewives recap. So that's kind of when the Sirius XM opportunity came about, which then later grew to two days, then later grew to five days a week. So it's been a crazy. Cause that's been you know, going on for years now. Cause I remember listening to yeah. you like a Carol Radswell interview from like years ago. Like you were oh like, like, I mean, so you yeah. talked to five every, years. but that's what I'm saying. Like with the, I want everybody to like, everybody is always fascinated with like acting stories that listen to the podcast, but you never know yeah. what's going to be presented. Like you would not have thought 10 years ago that your life would be where it is right now in terms of no, work. No, a hundred million percent no. And I do love the fact that I'm doing what I love to do, which is I like, I love sketch comedy. I love impersonations and I love TV. Yeah. <laughs> so to be able to blend all those things together and to be able to do a daily show where I can talk about this is and incorporate, because I've always loved radio. The fact that I was even started in a way one of my first opportunities really was on the radio back in Detroit, you know, I mean, just, yeah. uh, so that is just bizarre that it's kind of come full circle like that. And it is, like you said, all stories, like you never know. I mean, I just thought I would be, I hoped that I would be an on-camera sitcom actor. My ultimate dream was always Saturday Night Live. Yeah, you know? totally. And, yeah. And, and every comedian, <laughs> that's the ultimate dream. Yeah. And then you just want to be like doing something fun and funny and, so yeah, it's it's weird. I mean, it was crazy. Yeah, I mean, like even when you <clears throat> book those like co-star roles, which are guys, or those are the ones where it's like one or two lines, you appreciate them so much because you know how much hard work even goes into that. Because you know, like yes. nobody really oh, understands. God, yeah. Like people will be like, "Well, did they they didn't like you enough to give you more lines?" And it's like, no, it's not about that. It's like that's <laughs> it's they just auditioned for that line. But um, yeah. it's it's so. 
I guess, do you ever get tired of, you know, cause you're doing recaps on all the shows, even like 90 day fiance, you guys touch. I yeah, yeah, take yeah. notes every week on all the shows. Like we're at the end of like New York housewives and Beverly Hills housewives. Are you mm-hmm. spiritually exhausted from these seasons? Sometimes, yes. And then it's just just when I feel like I'm spiritually exhausted, they bring me back in. You know, it's literally- Just like, like Rob with modeling. Day. Just like Rob with modeling. That's what it's like. It calls you back. And it's just like Sandy with the ocean. It's like, yeah, God, I love, fucking love the ocean. Ah, Rob. Sandy haunts that ship. She's just always, why is she always just walking around? Like she's just, like who steers the ship? She's always just walking like, oh, you guys want an apple? Okay. Like why is she always- the Ghost feels Rider. Like, Nicholas yeah. Cage is up there. Like, You're in the ship. Yeah. Yeah. And I love the part when she was in the galley and she was just glug, 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 glugging <laughs> coffee. And she's trying to make small talk with Tom. She's like, ah, so Tom, ever seen a grown man naked? And it's just like, what are you talking about? It's like um, an airplane. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what it reminded me of. Because she's like, ah, India. You been to India? Ah, I love India. And Sandy knows Tom hates her and he, she doesn't quit. She's like, yeah, I'm thinking about, I could be at a football game right now, but I'm here on the ocean, you know? <laughs> I could be on my hog <laughs> in Colorado. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I do, I love Sandy's passion for yeah, yachting, super yachts, catering to douchebags. She loves it. She's like, God, <laughs> douchebags are going to be great. We're going to treat these douchebags so good. Let's fucking do this. Well, last okay. week she said this thing. She sat everybody down for the crew talk and she teared up, you guys. She teared up and then she would, and then she was like, it doesn't matter what the client says. It's me. It's I care for you guys. I, it's like, it's if I say you're good and I'm like, you should not be driving the ship anymore. Like, no, I thought it was about the client. Like that's, this is getting so intense. Like it's so intense. That was a real brave heart moment. Like she was on a horse. She was like galloping around the main salon. She's talking to them and she, I couldn't believe she teared up and then she whipped it back together. And she was like, ah, gosh. <laughs> All right, teamwork. Let's do this. Put your fists in. It was just like, what happened? It was amazing. Um, uh, So what is your favorite show to watch um, consistently? Oh, it's always been New York. New York has always been my favorite. But I really, 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 I love Below Deck. You know, I love Below Deck right now. It really is. I I try to talk people into watching it because it's such a nice, like, like little amouge bouche, like of like, it's something different. It's something, I mean, I know you like charcuterie. I feel like it's everything. It's like the cheese and the meat. And uh, it's like a really nice change of pace. Yes. And I, and I do agree. And I, it's been nice to sort of get break out of the Bravo bubble a little bit and watch 90 day fiance. I found that to be really very tedious because so much, it's so much. These are all new characters to me. I've never seen them. I've never met them before. So it takes a lot of study. It takes a lot of note taking. My recaps when I watch, it's like up to three hours sometimes. So it's insane. But I found it to be worth it. Um, and I'm also just really like, for example, tardy for the party. Starts um, tomorrow, starts. right? Or tonight, maybe. Tonight, tonight, Tuesday. Yeah. So, um, and I've already watched the episode and the first two. And I was just like, oh, I am not looking forward to this. I just don't know if I can get on the Beerman train again That's- this year. I just, every year I have the same feeling. And then, you know, seven minutes in, I'm like, this. God, Kim, you're kind of funny. Why I love you. You know, I mean, I just, I, and, and, and Alyssa said it best. She was, it's like, it's good, clean fun. And maybe it's just when you have these different shows, they sort of bounce off of each other. It's like having a meal. Um, it's like sometimes you just need a little bit of a sorbet to cleanse the palate. And Tardy for the Party is so lighthearted. It's not, there's nothing heavy about it. There's nothing They're like 30 minute episodes too. 
Right. It's like, what even happened? Yeah. It's like 20 minutes. You watch them drive around in an RV. You, nobody gets hurt, right? right, um, right. <laughs> you were talking about seeing the trailer for Real Housewives of Salt Lake, uh, which is going to be the new Housewives show. And it really does look insanely amazing, which I know that's what trailers do. But you yeah. got that same feeling from it, right? I really did. And the other thing that gives me a lot of hope for it is that Shed Media is behind it. It's the same production company that does New York. Yeah. And they don't mess around. Um, it's like, I don't think they're just going to put shit out there just for the sake of having another housewife show for, no, I think they took their time. They took their (laughs) time, you know, it's like too much time. (laughs) Some could say, yeah. I mean, it's like, it's like the Stanley Kubrick, Shed Media is like Stanley Kubrick of like reality shows. (laughs) You are so right. Um, and I, it, it looks so crazy. All all of their backstories. I think you've seen that, that you've seen about the Mary Cosby yeah. Uh, her about, about marrying her step grandfather. We've all been there. Yeah. We've all been. <laughs> thank yeah, you. Yeah. You said it. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and just the whole backdrop of Mormon, uh, you know, yeah. just aspect of it, I think is going to be really fascinating. And we've never seen anything like this. So I, I am really super duper excited about it. Are you? I'm completely excited. I, 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 I can't wait to, I, I say this a lot. I don't know if you feel this way. It's like, it's so hard for me. I was really not on the Potomac train for so long because not because of the show, everybody said it was amazing, but it was because I take these things so personally, it's hard to <laughs> accept new people into my heart, you know, like where you're like, I well, understand. then I have to care yeah. about these people for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And, but Salt Lake is like, okay, I definitely am on board. Um, it, do you already have you already seen the the pilot? No, no, I have not. I figure you might have gotten a, like an advanced. No, something. I have I have not seen it, and I don't know if I'll. I maybe I'll get it a couple days before, perhaps. But sometimes, um, depending on my schedule, honestly, I love. And it's a little different having a daughter now because her bedtime is like the exact time that the shows are airing. Um, I get the East Coast speed. Do you get that too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. AT and T. Yeah, yeah. It really does help me as I get older. It really does help. Yeah. Oh my god, it's such a lifesaver. (laughs) But now, and so I used to always watch them watch it live, like when it was happening. But now that I have a daughter, and it's like her bedtime, so I had to put her down before I can even start, which kind of sucks. Have you thought about keeping her up later? Um, Yes, I have, and I I was (laughs) like, well, I either expose her to the housewives shows or. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. or protect her, her for a couple her first years. words are lower level yeah <laughs> so i don't know it's kind of a bummer because i really love watching the show at the same time yeah. as everybody else's because i like to go on twitter and see whatever and then like tweet about it so right now my life is not set up in that way i think it'll balance out later but right now i just i end up having to watch it a little later because i have to tape it and stuff like that and sometimes i'll get the screeners ahead of time and if it works out i'll be able to watch it ahead of time but it just always depends you know um uh, so what do you like the Vanderpump of it all? Do you oh, think God. they'll be coming back? Do you think, um, I, I just, I'm so curious cause they haven't announced a pickup, but Jax went on, uh, IG live and said, yeah, I think we're filming in a month, but he's been known to lie. I don't know if you know that. So, <laughs> I mean, like it's, and it's been such a pressure filled, uh, last six months for so many reasons. Yeah. Um, do you think it'll come back? Do you, I mean, are, I, I, I really kinda... was thinking like that it wouldn't, I was thinking like, let's just cut and run. I was thinking cut had a great last moment. If done. you, if you had yeah. that as the last scene, you know? Yes. And I was thinking just close it out and just move on to something else. Let's go to Vegas. Let's do Vanderpump gardens. Let's just get to know all. Yeah. People. There's all new people that cheat on each other. Like, I mean, yeah. like, 
it's like we there's so much history now where it's like I'm starting to feel bad that like it's it's seeping into my life when it's like there should be new people that lie and cheat on each other. Everything's <laughs> right. gotten so deep. It's like gender reveals, which by the way, you uh, you guys she talked about on her show uh, this uh, last week. I think David Bedore did a gender reveal, which is like why are these people still in our lives? Like we're still talking about <laughs> David Bedore. Like I know I I, I don't want to talk about him, but I I I I, I have to because he's I I I I, I don't know. <laughs> no, it's, uh, I agree. It, but you're right. I think, well, I was starting to think, oh, maybe they will shut it down and then just have like a Tom Tom. Yes. And, yeah. And then just because it seems to me like the group that they're focusing in on are like Tom and Tom, you know, maybe Lala and Randall, Katie, obviously. Um, who does that leave? <laughs> I mean, oh, you, you got DJ, you got DJ James Kennedy and, and Raquel and Raquel. And yeah. So like that group, I think that they have something there. So maybe they just do keep Vanderpump rules and they just make it more surrounding around Tom, Tom and, uh, and pump, you know, but there's no part of me that, and this is nothing against babies. I don't want to, uh, watch any <laughs> of them raise babies you know like i mean i wouldn't want i wouldn't want to watch anybody on tv the, the reality shows i you know I, I can't imagine watching like colty from 90 day fiance raising a child like i'd rather just like that just don't bring kids into it it makes me uncomfortable i you know? I, I do uh, you know you and even having a child i somewhat feel the way that you do but i would also repackage it for the people who that do want yes. to watch it yeah yeah, so, yeah totally you know so so in a way it's kind of like when they were all getting pregnant or when we, before they were all pregnant and before any of the controversy happened in my mind, I'm thinking this is going to be so fun. They'll have their own spinoff of like Valley village families. And I'll totally watch that. Now it's all ruined. How do you like come back and go, Hey, what did you guys do this summer? Like, Oh, uh, <laughs> like, how do you even do that? I know. So I don't know. I, I, your question yeah. is like, the question that I ask, and I don't, I have no clue. Who's the toughest person that you have just never nailed, do you think, on terms of imitation? Because you're also your Dorinda's insanely good. Which oh, I, that's, I, I, that's really nice <laughs> of you to say, but you should be ashamed of yourself. I found a Richard today and I knew it was going to be a good luck day. Like I found a Richard outside my apartment. Oh, and um, <laughs> no, but it's like, it has Dorinda ever said it. anything about her imitation? It, well, I haven't, I did like a tribute to her recently. And so, you know, there's been no, like nothing there. It's not like she complimented me on that. But when I met her in person at the Radio Andy launch party so many years ago, I met her in person and she was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh my God, she's going to like, <laughs> holy shit, she's going to be pissed. And then she's like, you know what? I tell my mother. I said, I knew I was famous. I knew I did something when I saw that video of you. And I almost cried. Oh. I, knew I was like, oh my God. That is the I love that. compliment ever. And the other thing was too, is that I try not to be mean because it's not my instinct when I'm doing these impersonations. My instinct isn't to be mean. So however it comes off is really objective. So my intention is just coming from a place of, like, this is what I see you doing. And I'm just trying to exaggerate that. I can't, I can't really um, predict how the person is going to react to what I'm doing. Cause I don't know if it's offensive or not, you know? And Has anyone really ever reacted poorly or has it always been solid and good? 
I mean, I think for the most part, it's been okay, but I really don't think that they all are transparent about that with me. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. And I don't, uh, it's not really my job to entertain them. That's not the idea. Yeah. Uh, I, my, it's not to take anybody down either. No, you know, no, no. I mean, like, you know, well, it's, it's definitely a, not to, it's not to entertain the housewives. I'm doing it for us, the fans yeah. who love the well, show. <laughs> we really, and we really do love it. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like anybody that does something different that kind of builds up these shows that we love. Like, I think that's like so encouraged. That's why I love the, the Instagram community, your radio show, other podcasts. It's like, wow, like I'm not into sports. This is my sports, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Yes, totally. I hear I hear you loud and clear. I completely agree. Um, I've never tried to do Leah. And so I think this season I just was basking in the glory of everything that she is and just taking it in. I just, I mean, maybe down the road I would try to do Leah because I think she's hopefully here to stay for good. Yeah. So, I mean, she seems like she, well, do you get yeah. worried? Like that second season is always the telling season is that I get scared that like sometimes yeah. they're, they, they've read too much press and they've like been gassed up enough where she yes. might come in too hot to, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, like I think Lisa Rinna kind of had a, a rocky second season mm-hmm. and you just never know. Like, so I'm getting nervous that, uh, she's going to, oh, yeah. Leah's going to like lose a little bit of that, like really like ability that she had this season, but who knows? I think that you are bringing up the point that I've always thought this all good housewives fall. And if they don't, then they're not a good housewife. Really? They have to fall. And if they don't, and if they're not flawed and if they don't fall in front of us and literally and figuratively into a bush or go to rehab or get, you perfect. I mean, if we don't see the cracks in them, then it's, that's an issue because they're not showing us and then they're not transparent enough. So in many ways, I sort of look forward to, I, I, I take a little bit of issue with everyone who's like, I stand this person because it's like, uh, let's wait till next season when you're like, fuck that person because you're never going to stand one person. They're human. They're going to fail you. They're gonna well, fail- yes, because like Dorit, I actually was on the fence about the last couple of seasons. And then this season I, I fell in love with her and I was yes, so proud. Yes. I was so proud of myself for, I was like, this is what growing up feels like. Like you can, and that's why you never know, which by the way, I got to see Dorit's room at Buca de Beppo. And in person? In person. And it changed my life. Like, it knocked me off my coal mining ass. And it was so, I went in there and the the lady, because, you know, of course, nobody can eat in there. But I, on my podcast, I always say, I've made a lot of calls to Buca de Beppo. And I always leave a message of like, I'd like to bring in a thousand people for my podcast party. <laughs> and uh, I've actually, because I, I do this thing like after, COVID after we're able to celebrate, we'll all celebrate at Buca de Beppo, but I got to oh, see it. I want to go. Please invite the, me. The late, oh, oh my God. The lady that showed me was like, yeah, you can see it. Like, okay. Like she was like creeped out that I wanted to see it. And then I took, I was like, could I have a minute? And like, I started to get emotional. <laughs> I started to get emotional. And she's like, yeah, I guess. And I went in there and I was like taking all these pictures and I was like sitting down and then she like checked in on me. I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And, uh, she was really, truly boggled. And then I tagged Dorit immediately in the photo and she immediately reposted it because I, I think she was like, see, I am bringing in business. See? <laughs> okay. There's so many layers to this that I'm oh, obsessed with. And um, I'm insane. Yeah. No, I love it. In fact, I know my friend, Jessica Joy, she- Oh, Jessica Joy was on my podcast a couple of weeks ago because of her uh, All About Denise. No Did way. Did you watch that? Wasn't it good? 
Oh my God. That was so, so good. good. It, it's chilling how good it is. It was I, so, it was a masterpiece. Yeah. Like she's I come on she's now. On your podcast. She, I love her. She's come on. She's like, come on my Patreon. Like, cause I love, like, I, I'm like, I'm going to use you all the time because she's so fun to talk to. Like she's brilliant. She's, I love her. And, and she has been to Buka, the Buka to Beppa room. Yep. The Capri room twice. Not once. Oh, I didn't know about the twice. second time. She went oh. back. Yeah, because she posted, I go, uh, you went back again? And she's like, oh, hell yeah, I did. Because she took somebody else there. I'm like, are you doing tours there now? <laughs> hidden hidden Housewives Hollywood, yeah. Um, oh, I love that's that. That's amazing. But um, yeah, like I, I feel like, I feel like that's like our, our version of planet Hollywood, like the housewives, <laughs> yes. you know, like we need yes. that kind of thing. Yes, we um, do. Like the bus tour. I know they did New York for a little while, like the real housewives of New York bus tour. They did have that where they would kind of go by boutique. <laughs> and here's the Regency. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. 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 Um, what, has there been a moment in housewives history that you viewing where you're like, this is bananas. Like I've never seen anything. I mean, I, I guess this season was like that Hamptons episode with the throwing of the tiki's and all that was really was mind really blowing. Good. Have you, was it like a Viva throwing her leg? Was there ever been a moment where you're like, I can't believe they, this has been filmed. I, there's just, there's a few. Um, and I recently, I can go back to a recent one because I was watching early Jersey. So when I go back, uh, when I went back and watched early Jersey, it was like season season three, I think, because it was when Melissa joined and it was the baptism of Joey. Yeah. Oh yeah. The first episode when they started fighting at the baptism. Yeah. Yeah. Now that's freaking bonkers. That's like the Godfather. That was. And and then, and then Joe's yelling at Jacinto going, you're my father. You're my father. (laughs) And and Teresa's going up. She's like, how you guys doing? And they're like, he's like, Teresa, walk away. Do what you do best. She's like, what, what's happening right now? I don't understand. And so like that whole episode to me is really the go-to. Like if you have a friend who doesn't know anything about housewives and you want to kind of get them in. I think that's the episode to do it because I just thought this this is so compelling and so dramatic and, and really heartfelt because you know, they're family. Um, that that moment, that, that whole episode. Um, and then when Bethany had that breakdown in Miami and was like, "Oh yeah, life is not a cabaret." You know? That's I used that to get into Juilliard last year. Like that's an amazing monologue. It really is. <laughs> uh, have you done? You've had to have done that full monologue at this we point. Did you that, had to yeah, on the because, yeah. I played radio. I played Bethany on Radio Andy Theater, and I did that one. That one was awesome because it was live, and it was Vanessa Bear, and Molly Shannon, and Kristen Johnston. Um, and that was, was like, in L.A., right? That was yeah. It was yeah. A, um, Troubadour uh, or the something like that. Yeah. What was it called? The something room. <laughs> I forget yeah. the name. Of it. <laughs> it was like the purple room. It was like the re- the red room or something like the rainbow room or you know yeah. something. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. Or was. Um, speaking of Radio Andy Theater, like I said earlier, you just did, I think it was last week, you did a staged reading, I guess, or a Zoom reading mm-hmm. with some amazing, like Michelle Collins killed oh, it. Amazing. You had Sandra Bernard on there. Yes. I mean, uh, Sherry O'Terry, who I was a huge fan of because oh. of SNL, she Me. killed a Sonia. She was so good. And this is her reprising her role. So she did it one time before. And it was off the wall when she did it the first time. Second time around, again, she just embodies that character and she's just intoxicating to watch. It's incredible. Um, Do you, I mean, 
is there, what is your process for preparing for something like that? I know, by the way, that's an actor yeah. question, I know, but like, besides highlighting, what do you do? Do you actually take it seriously and like go over your thoughts on your lines or do you like? Yeah, I like, cause they give us a script. I was gonna, I have it like right here. It's like in the other room. Um, I'll give you a hundred dollars for it. <laughs> Sold. <laughs> yeah. no, 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 I can use my money. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I watch the episode at the same time I'm looking at the script, which is so great because it's all transcribed. And then they, it's already highlighted. And then when I'm just, I like, for example, what did she, oh yeah. Ramona said the word, she was like, uh, it's like buried in the background. It's so, it, but the way she said the word bury, it, she said it was, and so I hope we can bury it. And I was like, <laughs> what the fuck? What was that? Like, <laughs> who said what? No. So I, it's like, I was rewinding it. And then I was, re- and then I made a note that that's, that's a, a moment that can pop because who says it like that? And even when I do a Ramona impression, I wouldn't have ever said it like that. So I made sure to say it like that. Also, you know, with voiceover work, um, when I'm always looking at, you know, commercial scripts, I do little scribbles on the script, you know, if I want to pause, I do like, you know, yeah. a little dash, if I want to really punch something, or if I want to go up on a line and do a squiggly up. So there's a lot of moments in the script. Well, I'll, I'll just do some weird kind of phonetic stuff and as well as punctuation and just squiggly line shit that doesn't make any sense to anybody, but it might remind me of the moment. Yeah. And I'll also remember to put you know, they're in the kitchen. So I'll write kitchen on the script because I, when I'm in the moment, even though the narrator is Andy's the narrator and he'll yeah. say like, they're in the kitchen and they're toasting right now. Like he does lay it out, but just so I can remind myself so I can prepare like, oh, this is the moment where they're, they're huddled up in the kitchen together. Or this is the moment when, when Ramona is sitting on Sonia's lap. So it's intimate. So I have to remember that this is intimate I'm, I'm not yelling like Ramona. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'm yeah. So it's radio theater, which I but love. I love that. I love the geeking out of like, that's the kind of thing, like the preparation is like really cool. And it makes me like, I wish I was in high high school still because I would like fight to do this at like a play. Like, could we do this as like a black box theater? (laughs) Like, wouldn't that be amazing as like a bunch of high schoolers? Like, cause we all played like, I, I crack up now thinking about high school theater. Like I remember playing like a 60 year old and like, you know, and like why I had no business as a 17 year old doing like monologues from like angels <laughs> in America or something, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, totally. you know, like I had yeah. no business, yes. but we all were so like, like yeah. high on theater and art, you know? And I love that though. I love that. I was such a, I was a theater geek and I love, I have so many old plays and I loved American Academy when I was there. Yeah. It was such an amazing experience just to be completely enveloped in that world and scene study. And then also we were talking about the acting school that we both attended, you taught at. I, that was almost a, just a, a, a wonderful reminder of what things used to be like when you're training to be an actor, you have, you are completely immersed and, and just that, that immersive, intensive training is what really makes it, gets you to a point where it's just second nature and you don't really have to, you know, think, you don't have to, that muscle is always working, you know? Yeah, totally. Um, as we start winding down, um, I have so many, I have a thousand questions to uh, ask you. So hopefully we'll be friends for a long time and I can ask yes. you this in emails. Um, uh, what is the... Uh, what is the craziest interview you've done so far with any of these ladies or even just anybody that you've had on the show? Oh, that's such a good question. Thank you. Craziest interview. Um, I loved interviewing Erica Jane because we did two things. One, she 
I told her I was working on my impression of her. And so I would be like, it's kind of like this. And she's like, it's more of your nose. And I was like, like this. And she's like, like this. I was like, like this. She's like, like this. <laughs> she kind of taught me how to do an impression of her own self. And then we, she taught me how to pat the puss, which was amazing. Perfect. Um, Kenya Moore was incredible. Uh, she was so intimidating to me because I've always been such a fan of Kenya's. She is made for reality television and she was about as nice as can be. She wasn't a diva at all. Um, and I found her to be very grounded and yet she knew how to bring the drama on radio, which I always appreciate. Um, also, Lisa Rinna is extremely intimidating, so wasn't sure how that was going to go over. I, I really, I, I, I make fun of Lisa Rinna a lot, and I get scared to death anybody time anybody tags her in one of my posts about her because <laughs> right. she really pays attention. Like she's always like always around, you know, and, and she scares she me. She is. She is. She can be terrifying because she calls out. We've seen her how she plays in the housewife. She, she owns it. She owns it, Amy. She owns uh, it. Denise. <laughs> um, <laughs> But she was amazing, and she's always been incredibly supportive of my impression of her because she's got such a great sense of humor. So even if I'm like making, I was making fun of her on one of my last videos of her crying in, you know, London, being like, "Denise, I'm so sorry, <laughs> Denise." You know, just like <laughs> that reversal. Bonkers. Yeah, it's like not real. You know, we're, we all know you're. Well, this I, I was like, if Lisa had been doing those kind of performances decades earlier, we would never have had her on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Like, that's amazing. Like, that coffee shop performance when she was tearing up, and I was just like, yes. what is going And then she switched it again to, like, I hate you, Denise. Like, I was like, I this know. is crazy. I know. I completely agree. God, that, that season was freaking nuts. I'm so bummed that Denise isn't coming back, by the way. I, well, I am bummed in the sense that, like, it's like what I said about, like, giving your heart to somebody or allowing a character in. And now I have to allow somebody new in. Like we already have like, tr we have like weathered road with this girl. We already have a relationship <laughs> between Rinna and Denise that we can expand on. And yeah, Denise wasn't the perfect housewife, but of like, not. No, 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 but like far from it. She ran no. from everything, but, <laughs> yes. but that's what was so funny about it. And I would have liked to have seen her. What would have happened next season when she knows I can't run from everything. I'm going to have to compromise on some things and give a little, to get a little. And the fact that we don't to get to see that. Aaron anymore. That kook, like Aaron, I need to know what's going on with the 5G towers. I need to know, like, I, know. I just, there's so much more road to travel. Like, it bums me out. Well, like uh, Vicki Gunvalson said a long time ago, she's like, oh, great. Another bitch I got to get used to. It's <laughs> like, so true. I totally agree. Every season, then they get a new person in there. It's like, oh, great. Another bitch I got to like, great. I want but them to do a real documentary about what it's like after the housewives, like what this year has been like for Vicky and Tamara, like, yeah. you know, like how the CBD business is doing. Like, I want to see like actually <laughs> what that's like, because it's not a fall from grace, but it's gotta be weird. You yes. know, I was listening to Dorinda talk about like, well, it ne what is, wasn't necessarily my choice, but we're on a pause. And I really do think Dorinda will come back. Mm -hmm. I mean, I really hope she comes back after everything's good. Yeah. Um, but uh, do you ever get, uh, nervous doing any of this stuff anymore? Do you get, uh, do you ever nervous interviewing anybody or performing live? Because I was telling her before we started, I saw you at Watch What Happens Live in LA and you asked a question as, I believe, Ramona. And I was uh, <laughs> crying like a little schoolgirl in the audience because Amy Phillips was behind me. Do you get oh, nervous for up. anything like that? Um, yeah, I totally get nervous with performing. Absolutely. That has never gone away. I've always been somebody that just, uh, I have like, 
a, a comedian with a conscience is just prop shouldn't exist, you know? Yeah. Um, and, uh, which is probably more why I almost consider myself more of an actor. Cause I feel like you can be more conscious at conscious as an actor. And, um, so it is a weird, uh, it, it's like an, I'm like an oxymoron. It, it's a very strange situation to be in, to be honest with you many times I've, I've found, um, but yes, I do get nervous, but I, it, once it's off and running much like anything else, yeah. it's like fun. And then you get into the groove and I love it. And then afterwards, it's just like so great, you know? Um, and, uh, when it comes to meeting new housewives and stuff like that, uh, I get excited to meet them. I'm always pretty, uh, I, I try not to fan out too bad. You know, sometimes that gets the best of me. And then honestly, at the end of the day, sometimes I feel like I don't even really want to talk to the housewives because yeah, my, kinda... it's not even like about them anymore. It's almost about like what I think of them and what we're like you and the whole, the community of the Bravo sphere, what we think about them from what we, what they give us on the show. So it's almost like it becomes to the point where I'm like, is it even really uh, relevant to talk to them anymore. I don't know because they're giving me what I need already. Do I need to speak with them? I'm not sure. Well, people like, so I think what I find as I keep going with this is that people don't necessarily want to, they want to hear them with you. Like they're a fan of you. So then it's like, Oh my God, I can't wait to hear Amy talk with this person and how that goes, you yeah, know, because yeah. they like you or they like their that's favorite good. podcaster. Cause then they're like, Oh, how is that intermingling going to work? Gonna, oh, that's a good point. You know, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, you're um, right. because I enjoy watching other people interview the housewives myself. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Alyssa, how did you? How did that relationship uh, start? Was that she just through serious? She worked at serious, and she was assigned as my producer. <laughs> so I you mean, guys, yeah, you guys getting, have such a you know, great, lottery. great chemistry. Like you guys, oh, that's what I'm saying. The, the the my favorite podcasts or radio shows to listen to are where you feel like they're just making each other laugh, and we get to actually yeah, yeah. hear it. So it's like we're the quiet person in the car and you're just like, Oh, my friends are like going on a rant right now. And they're like killing it. And those are like my favorite things to listen to, you know? Oh, thanks. Yeah. I love her so much. She's invaluable. I absolutely adore her. Um, so the man, the myth, the legend, Andy Cohen, what is he like, uh, in reality? I, I have to say he's a very loyal person. Um, yeah. Because, you know, what do I have to offer him really at the end? I'm not trying to be self-deprecating, but honestly, what does he owe me? You know, literally nothing. I'm just some random person that ended up doing impersonations of these housewives that, you know, on his show and that it eventually led into, he trusted me enough to do a radio show on his network on Sirius XM. So, and I've been able to do it for five years now. It's amazing. Um, and it's growing like five days a week. Like that's, yeah, that's huge, you know? It's, yeah. And he's very supportive. He's very, hands off in many ways. Like I can, he's given me the ability, like he'll, he'll give me, um, if I come to him with something, he'll give me direction. If, if I come to him with, with a concern, he'll try and steer me in the right way. Um, but is always encouraging me to use my voice and my own, you know, just stick on, stick on track with what I do. And what can you ask more from your boss? Essentially, <laughs> it's just yeah. to like, Fan the flame of what you're doing and encourage you. So yeah, he's incredible. I, I honestly wish I knew him even be more than I do, but he's Andy Cohen, man. Yeah. You know, he's got a lot of people in his life. Could you and, imagine uh, how many like texts he gets from random housewives? I, like it must get so insane for him where he like regret. I mean, we saw Luann with Ben on Instagram the other day where they were visiting and it was like a, like kind of a heartwarming moment, oh, but then imagine yes. like Ramona at 3 a.m. texting Andy, like, just like, are you, are you up? Are you up? You know? 
Um, uh, final question, Real Housewives of Potomac, Monique and Candace, what do you oh. think? What's going to happen? Do you think oh. Monique did black out? What's your opinion? I think she probably did black out at some point because that kind of rage is really intense. Um, I think, uh, boy, this is really... I, I can't side with either one of them. You know, this is another yeah, one of those yeah, situations yeah. where it's like a, a Denise and Rinna thing. And, and we don't, um, and by the way, we don't have to, everybody listening, like you do yeah. not have to take a side. We're not even a part of this in reality. We just watch it. I totally agree. And I think that they both need to take ownership of what they've done. Candace with Dr. Ken, who, by the way, Dr. Ken is amazing, asking all the right questions. Really? And- what a good therapist. What an amazing therapist. And, and Candace giving all the wrong answers. So she's not there yet. And Monique is not there yet as far as really, and she should be remorseful. Um, and the fact that she isn't is pretty twisted. Uh, the fact that Candace isn't owning it is pretty twisted. I, the fa- and, and we're in real time now. And we know that Monique has now gone on Watch What Happens Live and said, yeah. you know, has doubled down, tripled down on like not feeling bad about what she did. And it's very strange. Um, I am just hoping, I don't think it's beyond them to not, to get to a healing place. I think that they can. I just wish that they would. And I will hope for the best because I've always really liked Monique. And Candace is very good reality television. I'm curious what you think. I just like it when like, I now pray at night. I'm like, please watch over Monique and Candace and heal their and hearts towards each other. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I wonder if like Monique at any point, like trained T'Challa to go after Candace, like you get that <laughs> wig, you get that wig, you know? I mean, it's, but I will say yeah. it's one of the most compelling shows to watch this season. It's always, I, I'm so excited yeah. that I finally did get into it because I look forward to Sunday night. Now I love Karen, like Me being too. a mediator. Oh. See, and by the way, I want Karen's to speak to the best. I want to speak to KB, Giselle's bodyguard that just sat there and the scene, like what he must have heard is gotta be, and then getting into that little mini with Giselle afterwards. Yeah. Like I don't think enough, which oh, anyways, I could talk to you all all day. So, I know. I, I sorry, like sorry. Now I'm just like Ben. Um uh could you just say one thing to me? Can you say anything to me in Ramona's voice? Okay, you know what, Ryan? I'm really sorry, but you get a really great podcast and I'm really excited to be here, okay? Oh, I'm going to cry. So Amy Phillips, <laughs> thank you so much. This is a make-a-wish moment for me. So thank you so, so much. You guys, oh, thank if, you. if you don't have Sirius, it's like $7.99 a month. I listened because I was a huge Stern fan since I was a kid, but Radio Andy has some amazing program. Her radio show being one of them monday through friday it's at uh what eastern standard time is that it's, it's four eastern one so Pacific. one so uh one hour every day and uh thank you so much amy i really oh my appreciate God. it thank you so much ryan it's so great to talk to you i hope to talk to you again Put my love out on the line Never said yes to the right guy Never had trouble getting what I want But when it comes to you, I'm never good enough When I don't care I can play them like a Ken doll Won't wash my hair Then make them bounce like a basketball Like you, make me wanna
That is literally my favorite Demi Lovato song, Heart Attack. Yeah, yeah. You say, Ryan, I didn't know you had a favorite Demi Lovato song. I do. It's called Heart Attack. You just heard it. Uh, that was Amy Phillips. My God, I gotta pinch myself. Folks, I can't tell you. It's like being able to play with All-Stars. Uh, it's like that Smash Mouth song, All-Stars. <laughs> is that what that Smash Mouth song is about? Is it about recording with Amy Phillips? I think it might be. Who knows? But, like, that to me is, those are my dreams. And thank you for allowing me to push towards my dreams, folks. I'm not even kidding. Thank you for allowing me to do this. Uh, what an amazing thing. When she really said that at the end, let me play this again, because I'm I'm putting this on my audio-visual board. Okay, you know what, Ryan? I'm really sorry, but you got a really great podcast, and I'm really excited to be here, okay? Oh, I'm going to cry. So it doesn't get better than that. Amy Phillips doing Ramona, saying I have a good podcast? I've died and gone to heaven, folks. But uh, more about Demi Lovato, huh? We haven't done a little segment on here in a while, and I, I want to re- resurrect it for at least one episode because I think it's very important in this day and age to really call out when we see a douchebag. And so it's time for Douchebag of the Week. So we got to get into this Demi Lovato-Max Eric relationship because this guy is a douchebag if if any... if there, I mean, this is why we invented the word douchebag. We're going to break down this entire... Rela- wait, wait. Hold on, folks. Hold on. Wait. I'm getting word. Hold on one sec, folks. Uh-oh. We got news. This is an NBC so bad it's good. News special report. Here's Ryan Bailey. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, everyone. Sorry to break into your regularly scheduled programming. Uh, we have breaking news. Breaking news. Stasi Schroeder and Bo Clark have gotten married, folks, according to Instagram. My number one source for news, Stasi Schroeder uh, posted this two hours ago on her Stasi Schroeder Instagram page, saying, Today would have been our wedding day. We went and did it anyway. Married September 2020, hopefully Italian dream wedding October 2021st. I am so proud to be your wife at the good, the bad, the bogey. And uh, we go to Bo's page. He has posted nothing yet. Uh, in the video clip, with their, which there is no sound, we see uh, both plain-closed Saucy, pregnant. Uh, Bo, not pregnant, uh, in very plain clothes. Uh, a, a preacher man of some sort. Um, he, they look to say, I do. Uh, I think he says, by the power now vested in me, blah, blah, blah. And then Bo kisses her pregnant belly. Uh, they kiss, of course, as well. This is just, you can go see this for yourself. I'm just reporting. Um, so that you have it, folks. Uh, Bo and Stasi are married. Uh, Us Weekly immediately put out a breaking news uh, email I got. Uh, pregnant Stasi Schroeder and Bo Clark wedding casual ceremony, quote, proud to be your wife. So that is the news, folks. Um us Weekly, Stassi and Bo's favorite publication to put out Stassi and Bo News. Uh, okay, so let's get into this a little bit before we go back to Max and Demi. So they did it. They did it, folks. They got married before the birth of their baby. Congratulations. That's an honest congratulations. Marriage is, you know, when somebody chooses to take the leap, that's amazing. Um, I will now say something that is potentially controversial. And I this is nothing to do with Bo and Stassi, but... Okay, let's get into the Vanderpump rules of it all, because 
I have been hearing some rumors lately, and let's put those out and, and put those out as fact. Uh, okay, so we've talked about this the past couple of weeks because the gender reveals all were happening and they were kind of sort of big productions. And I got to say, what do we think about this, right? Are they doing this just for Instagram? What do we think? So let me throw out my theory on this and we'll see if it comes true. We still have not had any word about Vanderpump Rules coming back. Now, Jax on an IG Live, somebody said, uh, when are you guys going to film again? And he said, oh, I think we're, yeah, I was told we're filming later in this month. Yeah, I think so. When they allow us to do it again, which we found out from Bravo sources is a lie. I know that shocks you. Um, Jax has never lied before in the past. So why would he start now? No, it doesn't shock you. I knew immediately. I was like, oh, no, that's a lie. Because you would have heard it. We would have heard it from a couple of other sources. And no sources are confirming that. But here is a theory I have. I... First off, uh, there was a post on the Sexy Unique Podcast Facebook group the other day, and I rarely go on Facebook anymore, but um, uh, I did, and I saw this one post because somebody had mentioned me in it, and it said that they are potentially going to move the show or the characters of the show over to E! Network, and... Which then, if you think about it, like, so E! is a parent company of Bravo and NBC Universal. Here's my theory. I want to know if this Bowen Stasi marriage was being filmed. I want to know if Jax's gender reveal was being filmed. I want to know if Rand and Lala's gender reveal was being filmed. I think they have all been filmed, and I think... Rand potentially is putting up the money for this and they are shopping another program. Now, the E of it all would be interesting because if they did that, they could potentially bring Stassi and Bo back on. It wouldn't be Vanderpump Rules anymore. It would be a whole different show. It would be like bringing up babies or something like that. You know what I'm saying? But it would be a way to bring Stassi and Bo back in the fold. Jax, Lala, you have all that team of people that like each other. Now, Sheena, I guess, supposedly on her shenanigans podcast had Brock on and they hinted about something with E, which also would kind of make sense because keeping up with the Kardashians is almost over. And without that, I was like, why is E going to even exist anymore? It's not like bringing up Bradshaw, the Terry Bradshaw reality show that just launched is like bringing sexy back to E. Like, E! has a huge gap in its programming, and that could be a way to, I don't know. And and Stasi is full steam ahead on wanting a career in this business. I believe we can all agree on that, right? So I have this theory, and I could be wrong, but think about it. These gender reveals, this wedding, these are all, if you think about it in terms of the story of a reality show, you could see it, Right? Oh my God, we were supposed to be married today. Well, you know what? Let's get married today. And they call around for a preacher. Okay, he can be here at nine in the morning. Imagine cameras capturing all of this. And maybe I'm jaded. Maybe it's like, Ryan, you need to get sleep. You're a, an older man. You shouldn't be talking about things like this. But I, you know what? I just have this sneaking suspicion because I don't trust anybody anymore that this is all being filmed. Because is it? real if it's not being filmed you know what i'm saying i really really think they're not just doing this for the instagram likes which you know i gotta say that clip is gonna hit a million views and it just came out two hours ago so 
the interest in Stassi and Bo are still there, whether my opinion or your opinion of whatever of them, you know, and that's what scares me about this country, too, is that like, man, I don't know. I don't know. I, I just I have a theory. I have theories about this. So let's watch. Let's see. Let's let's you know, let's see how this all uh, pans out, because what else are we going to do? We, we can afford to watch. Right. We can do that. Not the show, but like we can wait and see what happens. Would you guys watch a Vanderpump Rules baby or not even Vanderpump Rules because Lisa wouldn't be a part of it? Would you watch all of them raise their kids? I mean, I guess like I watch I'm going to watch Tardy for the party. So I guess I really don't have a lot of restrictions on what I do and don't watch. So, I mean, I guess I mean, I would watch it. Oh, that's that's another thing I want to ask you guys. Real Housewives of Orange County, Kelly Doodoo Brains, Kelly Dodd. Um, has once again uh, done an idiotic thing and at her uh, bachelorette party, is that, is that what it is? Um, one of her friends got her a drunk wives matter hat that she proudly wore unmasked, you know, making fun of the um, Black Lives Matter movement, you know, and she just doubles and triples down. And I hate to give somebody with average lesser than average intelligence she went to asu for god's sake so did i but i mean i don't consider myself a real brainiac i hate to give somebody that more attention and we're all screaming the same thing and, and somebody pointed out that gives them more attention but what do you guys think are you gonna watch oc do you want me to watch oc and talk about it like i i kind of have in the mind of like well ramona's really bad and i talk about her and i feel like if I'm making fun of somebody every week, that kind of reinforces that these people are idiots. But a lot of people have the mind of like, well, I'm not going to watch it. I'm going to boycott it. I don't know. Where are you guys at on that? Do you want me to watch it? Do you want me to make fun of it? Is it going to be too painful, too triggering? Um, I don't know. Like, it is something that I, I was I thought about in the last day. So I'm curious what you guys think. Um, let me know what you guys think what the, uh, the overall consensus is, because I'm definitely not trying to give her more attention. But I do think we cannot celebrate and make people more popular that have these idiotic, um, idiotic ways of living their life. And I'm going to play you a clip in a bit that is like one of the most idiotic things that turn out like these all read like SNL sketches. Like it would be a better SNL sketch than what they have on. Um, but I just think we can't keep celebrating idiocy. We can't keep being comfortable with being idiots. Like, what happened to us striving to be better and smarter and things like that? Like, that has completely gone out the window, and we kind of live in this, hey, be proud to be a fucking idiot. Stand up for your idiotic beliefs. And I just think if we can't agree on these simple things, what's going to happen when we really need to come together, you know, regardless of political, religious, any of those beliefs? Like, we're just so far apart. Like, we make up these fairy tales to believe in than, uh, than actually what's there right in front of your face. And, and I know you're like, oh, God. And I... I, I, I'd be so sad if you guys couldn't at least admit that wearing a mask potentially in certain situations is helpful. Listen, I have one of the most beautiful faces out there. I have a beautiful man face. And the thought of having to cover it up every day with a mask is just so disheartening, not only for me, but I know for the people that get to see this beautiful face. But I'm willing to make the sacrifice to only show my beautiful eyes, which I, I have gorgeous eyes, folks. But I have an even gorgeous lower half of my face. And if you put those two things together, it's a magical combination. So I'm I'm knocking 50% of my beauty off wearing that mask, yet I still do it. Because it's the easiest thing I can do because I'm genuinely lazy by nature. So the easiest thing I can do is like put on a mask, sure. Like, here's the deal. 
like most like I'll even wear a shirt and shoes in public because I feel like I'm doing my duty. Like, you know, like potentially I like to walk around naked in my bedroom. That's not true. I like to cover up. I hate my body. But <laughs> that's just I, I literally wear layers. Like I'll go to sleep in layers um, even in the summer. But you know what I'm saying? Like, if we can't agree on that, we got bigger problems. And I just I just hope we can all like so Kelly Dodd, like keep like hitting this thing. And I don't know if she really likes the attention or it just feels like you could not be idiots. I don't know, like celebrating idiotic behavior. And I just I feel like it's like, you know, I just feel like you don't make fun of something that you don't know a lot about. People seem to get their facts in all these weird places that don't really seem to add up. Um, and, you know, if I ever thought I was going to hurt, like, okay, let's let, let I'll, I'll, I'll highlight my own idiocy is that um, uh, pronouns, pronouns have been new to me in this last couple of years. Like the, you know, I identify as she or as I identify as they and them. And like, I got to say, like, not all of it makes complete sense to me. In like I, I don't know like all of like what's behind it, but if somebody told me to do that because it made them feel better, I'm gonna do it because I want that person to feel comfortable. I'm not gonna argue with them. You know how easy it is for me to like go. Oh, okay, yeah, I'll learn to say that. That's fine. Like, who cares? It takes more time out of my day to argue with somebody and to challenge their beliefs about themselves. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and I, I want to understand what people think, you know, we, we owe that to people, you know, like, I don't know. So it's sometimes like, you don't have to understand every facet of it. You know, if it's not hurting somebody, if it's not hurting you, then it's easy to do it. Like, why are you going to like shove it in somebody's face and keep making jokes about something that's like a really horrific situation that's put us in a lot of bad times. And I just think Kelly is all about that. Just these idiotic beliefs and wanting to yell louder than the other person. And it's like, we celebrated her because she was a fucking idiot to begin with. And now it's like when fucking idiots go wild, it's like leaning into this behavior. It's like, get married and get gone. Like you'll be forgotten in a second once you're off TV. And and hopefully that happens soon. But I don't know. It's just something that I'm sure we're all thinking about. And when you're in this kind of like little Bravo community, this little pressure filled situation that's supposed to be about all joking and fun, you know, you see these things and it kind of coincides with what's happening in real life. So it it is one of those weird things. And I I wonder what you guys think about that as well. Um, But anyways, off my high horse, let's get back to this fucking douchebag Max Eric and uh, Demi Lovato, who seems like genuinely nice. But this guy fucking tool. Let's get back to Douchebag of the Week. Let's have a toast for the douchebags. So a lot of this timeline is taken from a Cosmopolitan article called A Thoroughly Exhausting Timeline of Demi Lovato and Max Eric's Breakup by Mahara Bonner. And of course, you know, you know your boy Ryan's reading Cosmo because I'm a bad boy, a bad boy of podcasting. So let's go through this because this even got on my radar and I thoroughly find this guy. I'm like, why do I even know this guy? And then all of a sudden... You know when you see something and it's so blatantly obvious this guy is like a user and abuser and just like a douchebag trying to get attention? Like, it was like, it screams out to you. Like, you guys got to watch some of his Instagrams and stuff, like, where he's, like, fake crying. It's it's like I've seen, like, Lala Kent is a better actress in that shitty horror film she did for Rand. 
what was it called? The sorority or some shit like that. Like she's a better actor than Max Eric. Like this guy is a lot. I, I, I just like there should be some kind of referee of Instagram where it's like, dude, you're going too far. We don't even buy it here at IG. We're going to take this down. Um, so they were engaged and I guess they broke it off and then all kinds of shit got weird. But then this even involves Selena Gomez. So let's go through this. So let's go through the timeline. They're engaged, they're together, whatever. Congratulations. But then September 12th, Max's old tweets resurface. And they're kind of cringe. Basically, it looks like Max spent a lot of time thirsting after other celebrities in the past on Twitter, including Selena Gomez, Miley Cyrus, and Ariana Grande. Wow. The, the, um, the holy, the Jesus, God, and Holy Spirit of, yeah, that's, that's, that's the triumvirate. Selena, Miley, and Ariana, the three horsemen of the apocalypse before he met Demi. On top of that, some fans are convinced he has several Selena-themed tattoos, which they said that's harder to prove. So let's read some of these tweets. Um, and by the way, these Demi Lovato fans, like these, these ladies all have insane fans because they all you know, pointed this out immediately. And I guess Max Eric, he's like some young and the restless uh, actor or something, which makes a lot of sense being a drama queen himself. So, so this kid, Ryan Garcia tweets, when, when I win this fight, will Selena marry me? Probably not, but gives me more motivation. And then Max Eric wrote, you'd have to fight me first because like he's saying, I'd, I'd want Selena. Um, Somebody wrote your wife to him and had a picture of Selena Gomez and he had hard eyes. And this is in 2018. Um, then there's a quote. If Max Eric landed a romantic comedy role, he knows exactly who he'd want as his love interest. Max wrote Selena Gomez. I want to work with her so bad. The 19 year old pregnancy packed star tells pop star in a video interview. She's so funny. And I think her comedic timing and everything is fantastic. I just heard her song the other day and she's so talented she's a great singer also i'd love to sing with her i'd love to act with her she's awesome uh max eric wrote on twitter haha selena gomez and demi are cute together but boy if you think demi is prettier (laughs) you're wrong that was december 10th 2010 Wow, this has been going on a while. And then uh, here's a tweet from 2015 from Max. There's a female singer that screams so much. That's why my girl Selena is better than you know who, Demi. So, wow. So, okay, so that comes out, right? So that's like, oof. Like, so all of Demi's fans are like, Demi, check this out. Demi, check this out. Then September 13th, Demi released a statement on her Instagram stories, which, folks, what are we playing around? Let's just all release statements to our significant others and about people on Instagram stories. I'm just going to do this to confuse people just about, I'm never going to say it, but I'm going to be like, you know who you are and then release a really detailed statement. Okay. So, um, here are, here's Demi's response. It's really sad when people fake images to put women against each other, women supporting women. If women have conflict, that's between them, not you. Secondly, don't y'all have more important shit to write about in 2020? I challenge any tabloid that dares to name mine, to type my name, to mention Brianna Taylor and the fact that her murderers still haven't been arrested. Write about that. Wow. So she comes out guns blazing. She continues, but then I stop and think it's hella rude, but damn, I get it. And I don't want to look at what's really happening in the world either, but we have to. Yes, it's easier to tear apart celebrities and their relationships because 2020 sucks and scares the shit out of us, but it's only going to stay terrifying until we address it all and work on solutions together. 
man, I want to hit Max just for getting Demi to a point where we have to read this shit. This is like upsetting to read. So while on one hand, I understand and have compassion for those who are so horrified at the reality of 2020 that they got to distract themselves with doctored images in order to not focus on how bad these times are. But on the other hand, if you aren't 13 years old trying to grasp the reality of right now, put on your adult underpants and write about what actually matters, please. So Demi's saying these are fake. Demi's saying like a George Lucas, James Cameron CGI effect has been used on these to make these stupid tweets. Okay? And these tweets aren't even that damning where it's like, so Max is telling her these are fake. Like, uh, okay, so September 17th, this is a timeline, folks. Demi's friends raised concerns. According to an e-source, Demi was really upset when Max's old tweets surfaced. And people closer have expressed about that they are worried and are hesitant about Max. That said, the source also claimed she is head over heels for Max and doesn't want to be heartbroken. She truly cares about Max and wants to think his intentions are genuine. I love when shit plays out in the blogs and the tabloids. The blogs, as Real Housewives of Potomac puts it. Uh, September 24th, the breakup. And uh, this reporter writes, honestly, this day was a roller coaster. First, a page six source confirmed that a breakup was imminent, saying it's not over yet, but it's on its way there. Man, when you get page six reporting things like are about to happen from friends, like that's wild. That's like the John Modessi and Dorinda thing that we went through. They use page six. You guys, I dare you guys that are just normal, average, cool people to contact page six when you're about to break up with your um, significant other and say, hey, I hear this is the place to drop information when you're about to break up. And they're like, who are you? Um, Okay, so then just mere hours later, both People and E! News claimed the two had called things off, with a source telling People it was a tough decision, but Demi and Max have decided to go their separate ways to focus on their respective careers. They have respect and love for one another and will always cherish the time they spent together. Those many months of 2020. Uh, Neither Demi nor Max confirmed the reports, but Demi posted a mirror selfie without her engagement ring. Wow. And I got to say, just as a without the engagement ring and also she kind of her nipples are a little hard in this picture and the shirt says dogs over people. So I don't know if the hard nipples are supposed to mean anything, if that's supposed to be part of this Da Vinci code. I'm not sure. Okay, September 21st. September 25th, the real reason they broke up. Despite the people source trying to play off their breakup as drama free and Us Weekly source, so now we got Us Weekly, People, Page Six, E, all involved. Source made it clear that Max's self promotion was an issue. In the beginning, Max was super careful about self-promotion and things with his career, but once they got engaged, he really hit the gas pedal and wanted to make the most out of his career opportunities. He felt more comfortable doing so after they were fiancés and had a little bit more of a leg up. Now, this is gross. I think this is like if you're dating somebody fame, like wouldn't you want to hide that fact and like make sure that person felt ultra secure if that's like one of their big hang hang ups is not feeling secure. It was really that is like gross. And like supposedly he was like doing a film playing like He's doing a film playing like some Christian pastor or something. It's I think we'll get into that in a sec. Uh, meanwhile, an E! News source went even more in saying Demi and Max were arguing a lot before he traveled to Atlanta to film a new project and that Demi didn't know who Max truly was and didn't think he had good intentions. There were many red flags she was ignoring and trying to turn a blind eye to. One source says she doesn't trust him and think he's sketchy and feels Max proposed to get intentions to get attention. 
Whoo, boy. Wow. And it does guys are douchebags in that way. Like he I mean, he really obviously had a plan, you know, September 26th. Demi deletes all of her pictures of Max and unfollows him. Damn, son. Damn. Uh, Demi Lovato deleted all the photos with her ex-fiance and changed the caption of this video. You know, I love you, Marshmallow, because I guess that was a, you know, I love you, Max, with the ring. Um, wow. Um, Demi Lovato has just unfollowed her ex-fiance on Instagram to celebrate this moment. Stream okay not to be okay on today. That's one of her songs, I guess. Meanwhile, Max hopped on Instagram stories. Here we go, baby. And claimed that he learned about their breakup through the tabloids. Sorry, there's a garage truck. There's a garbage truck outside my window. I'll pause this for a second so you guys don't have to listen to them take out the trash, which would be like taking out Max Eric, yo. How is there this much trash always being emptied on my street? Like, how does that, how does that work? I don't understand. It's like, I thought trash day was like on one day and now it seems like five days a week. What is going on with the trash around this area? Also, if anybody has an apartment or house that they're not using for the next year in the Los Angeles area, I'm happy to house it. Um, Please let me know. It would be cool if it had a pool as well, or even just a hot tub or even a bathtub that any of those things. So I'm happy to, to move in. Um, Hit me up. Okay, so back to this stuff. Okay, so meanwhile, Max hopped on Instagram stories and claimed that he'd learned about their breakups through the tabloids. Okay, in Max's era's uh, Eric's stories, he goes, Imagine finding out to the status of your relationship through a tabloid. And then it goes dot, 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 while you're in the middle of filming a biopic movie about a pastor and a Christian church whose intention of the film is to help people. So he puts this on his Instagram stories. This is when we find out he's a lying, crying baby bitch. Um, That's like ridiculous. That's the shit that I wanted to do when I was in junior high. Like, oh, what is this person that did to me? Also, like he mentions his movie. So it's like, guys, I want you to know I'm working. Uh, September 27th, Max goes off on Instagram. Max hopped back on Insta stories after his initial tabloid claim saying, please stop trying to say thank you next to me. That's the Ariana Grande song. For I for I'm just a for he goes for I'm just a human being who has to go to work tomorrow a.m. where there are families with kids relying on me to this moment. We haven't spoken over the phone. We haven't even officially ended anything to each other. Literally, I'm here in real time with you all. I love Demetria (laughs) and just want her to be healthy and safe. Demetria, Demetria, folks, Demetria. Her name is Demi, bitch. Um, so he's literally saying, for I'm just a human being who has to go to work tomorrow where there are families with kids relying on me. He's saying the other people in the movie and the crew, they're relying on me for a paycheck. I've got to bring the best acting performance ever. And if I'm thinking about Demetria, I can't do that. <laughs> what? That's lame. He also shared a bunch of posts featuring her songs and wrote, Demetria is the best, T-H-E-E, female vocalist alive. That's just not true. And everyone should know it. She inspires me every day and is an incredible human being. I know it's not her writing the stories. It's a machine. 
Is it like the Terminator? I love her unconditionally. So now he's like, he's trying to butter her up. He's like, babe, it's not too late. Come back to me, babe. I know the machine around you, babe. And he's like posting her songs. Like, oh, it's like just, it's like this guy's doubling down on being lame. He's like, oh, you thought, you thought that was lame? We'll get ready for this. It goes without saying that Demi's fans were not thrilled. Uh, here's one friend saying, you can all make jokes all you want, but it's actually concerning how obsessed Max is with Demi. She needs a restraining order or something because I'm scared for her. On top of this, sources t- told E! News that Max was lying, that in fact, Demi did tell him about the breakup beforehand and that Max was just trying to stay relevant. Her family thinks he is crazy and is so relieved she has taken a step back. Meanwhile, Max doubled down on his claim. Everybody's doubling down. Uh, can we just just one down or do we always have to double down now- nowadays? Like I figure if you say if I say it once, that should be good enough. We don't need to keep doubling down on things. Let the one time there should be a one time rule. And if people don't buy it, then it should be illegal to double down. Uh, so this Max Eric says, I was on the set of my new movie, Southern Gospel. And he puts that all in capital letters with crew and cast members right next to me who literally watched me open my phone where I then opened a tabloid. This is the God's honest truth of how I found out about the ending of my engagement and that people from my film who saw the whole thing go down and helped me get back into character to continue my job. Max, get back in character. Max, Max, are you back? Can I talk to the pastor, Max? Can I talk to the character of the pastor you're playing? I had cast and crew with families relying on me to do my job. Max, my daddy needs you. Max, my daddy needs you. That being said, please end this narrative and focus on more important issues in the world. I love and forgive everyone involved. Let us be. Let us heal. God bless. So this is, this is the point where it's like, oh, he should be arrested. Okay. And then September 28th, Demi is completely embarrassed. While Demi still hasn't spoken out about Max's Insta musings, a source told E! News she wants no contact with Max at this point. Uh, completely embarrassed, blah, blah, blah. The source also confirmed that Max has tried to reach out to Demi and is in denial that they're over. Meanwhile, his erratic behavior is worrying Demi, who is completely done and does not want to escalate the situation. In a series of posts, Max claimed people were trying to Jeffrey Epstein him. Although it's unclear if these posts were related to uh, his breakup. Now, this photo has been removed from Instagram. Uh, So basically, though, it picks up. And I know Amanda from uh, the podcast Not Skinny, Not Fat posted this on her stories was that he went live and he went live in his bathroom and he was like fake crying. He was like, but by the way, guys, I know when somebody's fake crying. I'm an act. I've. I'm an actor and I've taught acting like the guy was like some of the worst fake crying. He's like, look at me. And he literally posted a picture of like, and then Debbie posted a picture of her like dancing. Like it's, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy that like you should need an, a license to operate Instagram. Like it's like, are you a sane person? I say that about our president too. He should have a license. Like they should give out license to people that like to be on social media because it's just not for the faint of heart. You got to be emotionally stable. And obviously none of these people are, but he went live on Instagram, like crying. And then he also created fake Max Eric fan accounts. So like all these people are like, we love you, Max. We love you. I had never heard of this motherfucker. And I'd hope to never hear about him again. This guy seems just insane, insane in the membrane. 
You know what I'm saying? Not not a good look by any stretch of the imagination. So that is our douchebag of the week. Max, we are so proud of you. We have not done this segment in so long. So Max, I hope you like this attention. You are a gigantic douchebag, and I'm so, so proud to offer this to you. I hope you put this on your resume. You are a true douchebag um, to all men and women. We salute you. We salute your douchebaggery. Uh, we look forward to your douchebagness in things to come. We hope that you, uh, we hope that all the people around you have been forewarned, and we pray for the families that you are working with, so they can get a paycheck. And we hope you're doing good in your pastor character, and hopefully, being a douchebag in regards to that. But to many more years of douchebaggery, we salute you, Max. Thank you for playing. All right, partner, keep on rolling, baby. You know what time it is. Sorry, every time I think of like douchebags, I think of like Limp Biscuit, and that is, you know, one of my favorite Limp Biscuit songs. Rollin' baby. Um you guys, you you ready for another guess? You wanna hear my conversation with Ray Setter? Uh, I truly thank Ray and I thank my friend Shira who helped me, uh, get Ray and helped me get, uh, Elise Slane. And she has been so great in the outreach to guests. And thank you. If you, if any of you guys know guests to reach out to have a special connection, please, because it just, it's truly a gift to talk to these people and it's a challenge and I look forward to that challenge. Uh, I'm not joking. It really does help me get better, uh, as an interviewer and to push myself in situations where I get nervous. Because I do, do you guys are like this where you get nervous a lot and you'll just sit there and kind of paralyzed in fear? I do that a lot. And I know people are like, well, that's crazy. Um, why, uh, you know, I, I'm shocked to hear that. But I do. So it's like good for me to do these and to push myself outside of uh, my comfort zone. So here is my conversation with Ray Setter. Uh, of course, I'm going to play the clip that he is known for from Real Housewives of New York. He was in one scene, but an iconic scene. Um, because of Countess Luann, him busting into a party. And uh, here is uh, the clip, and then we'll go right into my conversation with Ray. Okay, the vibe in here is really weird. I have to it's go. just very crowded. No, crowded, it's good, but something's weird about the vibe. Just as I'm arriving at Dorinda and John's, I see this guy that I briefly dated last summer, and he's staring at me, like creepy staring at me, like about to come over to me. It didn't end well. I totally blew him off, and I really want nothing to do with this guy. What are you doing here? Are you high? No, I'm not high. I'm yeah. completely sober. Are you okay? No, now that, that I see you, I'm having a mental breakdown. I'm shaking down to my socks, and I love you. I don't want to cry, but Ray, shut up. Ray. Listen, Lauren, shut the f up. I texted you tonight, and. I'm busy. I'm oh, shut up. Stop giving me. Ray, Ray. I love you. Can I get a kiss? Yeah. Okay, I have to go. I look over. And Luann's in a panic. She's having a holiday party. While we're doing it, a hot dog party. Now here he is, At this point, I'm scared. I'm like, I have to, I have to leave. I have to go. I've never seen such horrifying people in my life. Hello, good evening. Yeah, I have a charity. I have a charity that helps poor people. That's good. 
You're up there, drinks. You do have a girlfriend, right? I do. Just shut up. Don't tell Luann. I'm not telling Luann anything. Because we all get jealous. <laughs> My girlfriend's really hot. So is Luann. He took Luann away to a trip. What? You it was a disaster. I had met Ray with Luann during the summer. She was dating him. They just f This party is pretty boring. So if Ray has some gossip about Luann, I'm all ears. That was Ibiza? Yes. No, that was Ibiza. <laughs> How does she know? How do you know, you bitch? How, How do you know? No, wait, wait, wait. How do you know? Because I have friends in Ibiza. Who? Who do you have in Ibiza? Friends. Friends who? Friends? I didn't know you were the guy in Ibiza. I really didn't. I'm asking the leader. Wait, I'm sorry. I, I'm not being chill. mean here. You gotta I'm not being mean I want to talk to you outside. Let's have a cigarette. No, he's not going outside. Let's have a cigarette. They will all leave. Goodbye. And go. You know sorry. what? He's fine. He's and I don't know what your problem is. He's making a scene. No, he's not. I'm not making a scene. to us. You're full no. of you guys i am so excited to talk to my next guest uh the moment he appeared on the screen he was in one of the most iconic scenes of one of our favorite shows ever of course i'm talking about real housewives of new york uh i will give you one hint just the the name abiza um uh you know him as ray setter luann's friend from season eight ray how are you today I'm doing fine, Ryan. Thanks for asking. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I mean, I really know, all joking aside, you know, like, how, like, you're kind of iconic in the Real Housewives of New York universe. You know that, right? <laughs> sort of, yes. I, I got that unwanted attention. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, by the way, like, that's, I kind of want to know more about, like, the actual Ray, because you had that one scene where, Lou, all of a sudden you popped up on Luann, and it was, you were, like, uh, of course, a little tipsy, and it was really kind of an iconic scene, but then we found out later, like, you actually were in, like, a relationship with Luann for a while, right? Yeah, we we, we dated for about a year, Uh it was a it was a very interesting relationship. Yeah, and I mean, and you guys, I mean, are you guys still friendly? Uh, we are. I was actually in the Hamptons over the summer, and I, I saw her at a at a couple of restaurants. We bumped into each other. I saw Ramona as well. So we. we... <laughs> <laughs> um, so I mean, what like I guess what what first off, what what do you do for a living? What what's your what do you do on the day to day? So I own a marketing company. I, I uh, do uh, digital marketing. Uh huh. Okay, so so and then how has this time been with like coronavirus, all that stuff for you? Have you been where have you been staying? Very interesting. Uh, I am currently in New York, uh, and uh, I've been I've been in New York since the lockdown, and unfortunately haven't been getting much uh, of traveling done. I love to travel. Uh, yeah. For the most part, yeah. We just did a trip to the Bahamas in July, and that was about it. But uh, yeah, just been based in New York. Now, how did you initially meet uh, the Countess? So we were at a uh, the MBC Upfront Award Party at uh, Bungalow 8, uh, owned by Amy Sacco. Yeah. And we happened to just spark conversation, and it just started there. Now, did you were you aware of Real Housewives of New York at all? Are you a TV viewer? Do you, do you I, even pay attention? Of, I, I didn't know. Initially, I didn't know who she was. And then once, you know, I, we walked back into the party, and we were just chatting, and I saw the people around her. I figured out. I figured it out. <laughs> I mean, have you heard her sing up close and personal? Yes, actually, <laughs> oh, in Ibiza, and she did not stop. <laughs> well, I mean, so that's, I mean, so you guys even vacationed together. You were like going to Ibiza and places like that. Yes, we did. We vacationed together. 
And by the way, if you guys go follow Ray on Instagram, you can follow all of his travels there. I mean, you post a lot of things and you do, it, it seems like if you go back here, you do love to travel. Yes. Um, now, so like you were just happened to be at that party that night. Can you, I mean, remember back where you asked to go there? I mean, did you, they spring you was, on her? I, I was asked to go there. I was invited. Uh, and uh, I happened to be a plus one. <laughs> for the award party, for the award, uh, for the awards, and then for the after party, we just uh, ended up getting an invite from Amy Sacco. It was like the official spot for the after party, and I happened to walk in there, and she was sitting there in the VIP section, and we just chatted away, and that's how it all started. Now, are you like a, usually a big flirt in your everyday life? Do you just go yes, up to I random am. people? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what it, it seems like. You are quite the ladies' man. Uh, I mean, you. I mean, are you are you taken right now? Um, no, actually recently broken up. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, well, well, after coronavirus, if any ladies see him on the street, go right up to him. Um, <laughs> uh, so, um, so that night though, at the, uh, the John Medesian party, how did you wind up in, in that area? Oh God. So, uh, I happened to be on a date and, uh, I honestly, I didn't even eat anything. We were just having cocktails and it's just... <laughs> Sipping on martinis. Next thing you know, it's my fifth martini. And I get a text message from Ramona asking me, what am I doing? And I'm like... So wait, so you were even texting with Ramona too? Yes, I was. <laughs> and, uh, so I get the text message and she's like, what are you doing? And I told her I was at this place in Midtown. And she's like, great, I'm coming by. Next thing you know, five minutes later, Ramona shows up and uh, I'm sipping on... I Now I, I'm... Like, I'm really vaguely remembering it. I was, like, almost on the level of blackout, as you guys may all know. Um, <laughs> I, uh, she's like, oh, I got this great after party. Let's just go. And, you know, Ramona, she's, like, very persistent. And I'm like, all right, let's go. So we jump in the car. And now I have no clue who John Mendocino is. I have no clue who Dorinda is. I have no clue that Luann was going to be there. And next thing you know, it, we show up and we're at John Mendocino's uh, dry cleaning place. And uh, so we ended up walking in and that's when all the craziness started. <laughs> yeah. So, and what is that like? I mean, like, do you, because by the way, we've all been there where like happy hour turns into night, we're like get tipsy and that tipsy turns into something. What do you actually fully remember of that night? Or is that something you wake up the next day and go like, what happened? Uh, I remember... <laughs> In. And then after I walked in, I don't remember how I walked out. <laughs> okay, and then what is that experience? I walked out with the big bang. <laughs> <laughs> you really did. By the way, like, I, I, I shit you not. It's like, I swear to that after that episode aired, I talked about you forever because I just think there are those iconic moments in these shows where these, like, people really make big impressions off just, like, a one-off appearance, and you were one of those people. But it's so interesting to actually talk to you, and it's like you're very well put together. You're very well spoken. What's it like to then see that scene? Did you even watch it? Yes, I did. It was <laughs> it was all it was in page six. It was all over the place, and I didn't even know that it, it show it aired until I had my friends tell me, and people were sending me articles, and it was. Just super <laughs> Well, and then when I watched it, I was like, holy shit, what did I do? <laughs> <laughs> well, you're my, and your brother, you're in my friend's coloring. My friend did a coloring book of The Real Housewives. You're even one of the coloring pages. You're like a character in it. I know. Uh, it's amazing. One of my friends actually saw it online and she bought it. She bought me a copy. It was so cute. Um, so, I mean, so at that, I mean, I, I'm fascinated with the Ramona of it all too. Like, does, is, is, is like, is New York City just a very small environment when you, like, do you guys just all run in the same circles? 
basically yeah if i mean yeah if you're if you're going to like the, the nice fine spots that you, it's it's a small new york's a very small circle so we wait, all know you never did i mean did you ever date ramona no no okay, okay. I was like, <laughs> well i mean by the way ramona seems like she really hits on guys a lot so i didn't know if that was like one of her things was hitting on you if she's texting you uh well i mean we won't go there <laughs> <laughs> so um so like so you would previously like you had been hanging out with luann for a year but it was like a casual hangout or was it like an a, a intense relationship it, it was it was uh we were casually dating casually dating geez but is it like are you like one of those people that casually dates like five people at a time or no Dude, we <laughs> were we were we were dating uh exclusively together oh my god yeah um, it was very interesting actually did you go to uh, BravoCon when it was in New York? No, I didn't get a chance to go. I was traveling. Oh, my God. See, that's what I'm saying. Like, has anybody, I know this is crazy and you're like, might laugh this off, but does anybody ever stop you on the street? Do they ever recognize you? Yes, it happens all the time, actually. And internationally, too, which is crazy. That is crazy internationally. Like, that's crazy that it travels. Yeah, I, I got stopped in Mykonos. I got stopped in London, uh, Miami, all over the place. Wow. So, uh, I mean, I just, I do love the fan base for that, that they'll, they'll actually come up to you uh, and probably want you to say Ibiza or something like that. Yeah, no, it's pretty cool. It's interesting. And it's like, you get the stairs, you already know, it gets uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, has anybody ever been way wacky to you besides me? Uh, no, no. No, everybody's respectful? Never, everybody was respectful, yeah. Someone came too close to me, up, up too close. We are at a... Uh, um, a rooftop party, uh, and uh, someone just ended up taking pictures, and it felt really uncomfortable and posting me all over Twitter. And I was already drunk, so I didn't care. But then I'm like, <laughs> why do that? <laughs> <laughs> um, did uh, I mean? So your friends kind of got a kick out of seeing you on TV, even in that state, right? Oh, of course. I mean, especially in that state. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's. I mean that's got to be like if my friends saw me on TV like that, they would love it. Um, so uh, after like that, after that episode aired, you were still fine with with Luann. Even like, did you guys? You, I'm sure you guys texted the next day about the interaction. Actually, we didn't. It was really uncomfortable. I texted her, and we texted back and forth. Maybe. Uh, a week later, uh, it was a super uncomfortable situation for her. And uh, honestly, to be honest, it was uncomfortable for me too. I mean, being in that state yeah. of mind, creating that 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 seed and that fight. I mean, it it was it was crazy. It was madness. <laughs> yeah, I gotta. I mean, I, I bet it was. Um, so, do you know? Like, I mean, I, I was talking to Elise Slane yesterday, who was on Real Housewives of New York this past season, and I guess she was one of Ramona's friends and all those people. But like, we were talking about like the guys like Harry Dubin and Tom. Like, are those part of that like kind of circle that everybody knows yeah, in New York? Wait, so it's crazy. I was just in the Hamptons a few weeks ago, and someone recognized me. I was sitting at the Capri <laughs> pool. And uh, so this chick, Yana, she just walks over to me and she's like, I know you from somewhere. And I'm like, oh, God, here we go. And she's like, you know, and then she's from New York City as well, from the Upper East Side. And she's like, uh, I thought it was you. And here we go. We start talking and she starts asking me questions. And then she goes, do you know Harry Dubin? And I'm like, oh, shut the hell up. <laughs> <Got it. laughs> well, I mean, you got first time you got to be like 20 years younger than Harry Dubin. But like, it is funny where he seems like all these Real Housewives of New York ladies seem like they all talk to Harry Dubin and they all talk like that Tom D'Agostino that Luann eventually married, who was a creep. Well, he, which is crazy. Tom D'Agostino, me and Luann were dating and she had gone back to, to, to New York, to the Hamptons. And I stayed, I have a place in Croatia. So I ended up spending the rest of the summer there. 
And I had a friend that that reached out to me and was like, I just saw Luann with another guy. And I'm like, what are you talking about? She just left. Uh, we were together in Ibiza for like two weeks. Like, what's going on? So she sends me a picture and I'm like, holy shit. So I text her and I'm like, what the hell's going on? She's like, oh, it's nothing serious. And I'm just like, you know, having fun. And I come back to New York. It was fashion week. And, you know, uh, everything was normal. We ended up going to some shows. We did the um, we did uh, some red carpets, uh, some some galas. And next thing you know, it the, you know, she, we end up breaking up and she ends up married to Tom. And I'm like, holy fucking shit. And that really backfired on her. Like you could have saved her from Tom if she made the right decision. I could have saved her from going to jail. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Well, but like, so like running around these circles, do you see uh, Harry Dubin pop up a lot? Do you see yes, Tom? Yes, I, I do. I do. Do you hang out at the Regency? Yes, I do. <laughs> but like, what's not for much, but I mean, I, now we're, I, we're downtown and outdoor spaces. But uh, yeah, when when it pre-COVID, it was uh, it was uh, easy bumping into a lot of people. So pre-COVID, was it something that you were out every? Are you you seem kind of not only a jet setter, but you seem like you really like people and have a a big stable of like friends. Uh, probably, do you would you go out every night pre-COVID? Uh, pretty much, almost, yeah. And is that like, I mean, how is that like readjusting during COVID? Was there a huge kind of like depression for you for a bit? Oh, I mean, it was, I, I lost my father due to COVID right when it started. Oh, I'm so sorry. That's, yeah. I mean, that, oh. so you, you have a personal, well, which by the way, I mean, I don't, I, I, I don't usually uh, get into this at all, but like, uh, I, I'm not sure politically where you fall, but like, I mean, COVID is, is such a huge part of our everyday thing. And, and the president just had it. And he seems like, do you take it very serious because of your I, father? I do take it very seriously, and I used to be a supporter of the president, but I am no longer a supporter due to the way that he mishandled and mismanaged the, the entire pandemic. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like, even if you're a Republican or Democrat, I just feel like we can all come together to say it's not been handled completely smoothly, you know? No, um, it's, it's a joke, and he's making a joke out of it. It's a mockery. It's disgusting. Yeah, it's like, it's just like symbolic, and unfortunately, to make this year crazier, we're now in an election cycle, so I'm really scared to see what this next month brings, but that's interesting to see you, that you see that you, uh, you, you switched uh, uh, your thoughts on that. Um, so, as things start to open up again, uh, I do see a lot of, like, you know, tables, like, people are eating outside in New York. Are you uh, able to do that now safely? Yes, safely. Uh, I... You know, I'm, um, I, I try to do it three times a week. I try to like make reservations at rooftops or at outdoor spaces that, you know, um, properly social distance. And there, there are those places that you walk by and you're like, there's no way in hell I'm going in there. And now they opened up indoor dining, which I don't know uh. how that's going to last. Yeah. I mean, like, I, that, but like, and then how much, like the social scene, which seems like you were a part of and are a part of, it involves going to the Hamptons, going out to restaurants. Like, so it just seems like there, it, it kind of seems exhausting at a time, like even pre-COVID that you would have to potentially go out so much, go to the Hamptons on the weekend, jet set. Were you exhausted with your own life for a bit? I, I, I actually was. Uh, it, it, it gets the best of you. And uh and you just fall into this vicious cycle of drinking a lot. So it, it's, you know. Well, I, I mean, that, that's how I was during uh, quarantine at the worst. Like, I wasn't a drinker every day. And I turned up, like, I would have a couple glasses of wine each night because what else are you going to do in your room, you know? Yeah. Well, that um, was me prior to that to, to COVID. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we, we saw one example. Um, so, uh, once restrictions are uh, lifted or it's safe to travel again, where would be the first place you would uh, would go to overseas? Uh, I definitely want to go to Europe, without a doubt. 
And you said you had a place in Croatia? Yes, in Dubrovnik on the beach. Now, is that just like some place that's magical for you? Or how did you go upon uh, that? My family actually from that region. So, uh, yeah, I oh, wow. inherited property along the coast. Oh, that's amazing. Um, uh, so uh, do you still watch Real Housewives of New York at all? Was that just a one-off since you were on it? Do you have any interest in that at all? Uh, not really. I mean, for me, you know, sometimes I'll just like tune in just to see what, what's going on, but, uh, I'm not, I'm not that big of a fan. <laughs> How bizarre is it though, that like you do get people like me that are like, I'm fascinated. Like, oh, I really wanted to talk to you. How bizarre is that for you? And it's because it's not even what you do. You're in marketing, you're a jet setter. You, you know, like how bizarre is that for you? It's very bizarre. And, uh, it, it's, it's odd. It's uh, <laughs> actually happy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is. I have to imagine it is odd because this is just like a little blip in your life. And then for us, we kind of take these moments and they're kind of like historic for us, which is hard to explain to somebody. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so uh, so I guess then what is the uh, what is your plan for the rest of the week? Where is the restaurant you're going to this week? So I am probably going to go to Marea this evening, which uh, is um, a Chef Michael White restaurant. Uh, it's in Midtown. I'm probably going to end up there tonight. And then I'm going to go to Marcus's on Friday, Know Who Rooftop. It's right across the river in um, Weehawken, New Jersey. Uh-huh. And, yeah. And then I'm uh-huh. probably to plan. My birthday's coming up, so I'm trying to plan something. We'll see what goes on with that. Now, in terms of dating, it's like that's got to be close to impossible. But are you still managing to have any kind of flirtations over this time? Well, yes, I can't help myself. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you got to, you got to, right? Like that's as long as you're I, six feet apart and wearing a mask. I mean, it should be fine, right? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's we're a full bodysuit. You're fine. Yeah, um, <laughs> uh, you don't mess around with the dating apps at all, or do you? No, I, I honestly downloaded once I, I, I had my breakup uh, in the summer. I, we were we we uh, were together for about four years. Oh, wow. Right after the plan. And, um, uh, she's from Franklin Lakes, of course, New Jersey. Right. I went right over the bridge. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was it was uh, it was an intense relationship, but whatever. Everything fell apart out in the Hamptons. And uh, I then started seeing. Um, yeah, I just started dating around. And it's been really interesting to be dating in this world. And I try the apps, but I just don't feel comfortable being on the apps. And I just I'm like old school. I like going out to a restaurant or a bar and meeting someone. Do you have a, a fancy dress mask you can wear that like kind of looks cool? <laughs> I do. I actually use scarves. That's my thing. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, wait, isn't that scene that you were wearing? Didn't you wear a scarf I, that day? I did have a scarf on. So now I utilize it as a mask. I was preparing. <laughs> <laughs> wait, by the way, Ray, you should sell a line of scarves that can be used for face masks. Oh my God. That's a great idea, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Ray, I really, I can't thank you enough for this. It really is. I know you, it's bizarre to you, but you really, uh, you, you really did like really kind of emblazon yourself in my memory and a lot of uh, Bravo fans memories. So thank you for taking the time out of this. Cause I, I got to imagine it's like, I have to talk to this strange guy that wants to talk to me. That's gotta be bizarre. So thank you <laughs> for taking your time out of your day to do this. Thanks for having me, Ryan. I appreciate it. Um, and is there anything that we can't, I mean, I know go to your Instagram, which is just Ray Setter, right? Yep. Ray underscore Setter. Uh, Ray underscore. And that's S-E-T-T-E-R. Is there anything else that you would like us to know or anything else that we can, we can look forward to? Um, just stay tuned and follow me on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. 
And by the way, maybe God, if Real Housewives of New York uh, films again, I just I you can do it completely sober, but I really just want you to bust into one of those parties again. Just do it for oh, us. I have to. I'll find out where they're hosting, and then I'll bust into one of those parties for you. Thank you, Ray. Every day it's a getting closer, going faster than a roller coaster. Love like yours will surely come my way. It's a getting faster Everyone said go ahead and ask her Love like yours will surely come my way Hey, 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 hey Every day seems a little longer Every way love's a little stronger Come what may Do you ever long for true love from me? Every day it's a getting closer, going faster than a roller coaster. Love like yours will surely come my way. Hey, hey, hey. Ray Setter, ladies and germs. Uh, how great was that? I mean, and also, if you hear that clip that I played before the interview, I mean, just he sounds much better. He sounds like he's in a really good place. But what a what a nice guy to to do that and to uh, play along and to have a good sense of humor about everything. So Ray, I thank you so much, and so sorry to hear about his father. That really is just horrifying uh, that he had to go through that during this time. And and hopefully he can, he's getting back out there safely. And and hopefully the ladies are just falling all over him because he seems like a bit of a Lothario. He seems like a little bit of a, a Warren Beatty, not a Max Eric. He doesn't seem like a douchebag. So uh, it was. Just just a real pleasure to talk to him. I, I really, what am I doing with my life? This is insane. This is insane. I was on the phone with him yesterday. I was like, this is, this is crazy. And the thing is, I, I didn't need more than 20 minutes with him. So it was like the perfect interview because, you know, I, I don't know. So um, hopefully we'll see him pop up at some time on Real Housewives of New York. Um, so Ray, once again, thank you so much. What do we got to get to now? Okay. We still have this great interview with Elise Slane from Real Housewives of New York. I'm like, she's cleaning up. And remember folks, part two of this podcast will be coming out tomorrow with Bill and Becky Bailey, my folks. Uh, we also have, um, uh, lyric breakdown of Candace's song from Real Housewives of Potomac. And we will have a, one of the, well, I think we'll have a below deck med recap, which hopefully, uh, I, hopefully you're watching Below Deck Med at this point because I just think it's great. But then if you want more recaps, those will be on the Patreon. So you got plenty of stuff for me. Almost too much stuff, people might say. But I hope it's not you guys. Um, what do we do? Okay, yeah, I want to play this clip for you guys uh, leading into Elise because I think this is kind of an interesting clip. Uh, Dorinda, Dorinda Medley, of course, was on Bethany. Bethany has a podcast, Bethany Frankel now, the, the Bethany podcast. Uh, we're in podcast wars with Bethany. Everybody's got a podcast. They're giving them out like just, just, I don't know what they're giving them out. Like it's just too much, too much. My friend Ruth Ann has to come back on so we can go over these podcasts again because they're just popping up like flies. I mean, this is, but don't worry, folks, we're going to outlast them all. We are. We are, we are, we are, are strong, not be strong. We are, are Ryan strong. We're the baddies folks. We, uh, we stay way past 
the end of the party, if you know what I'm saying. So uh, here is a very interesting clip about Dorinda saying, and we actually, I talked briefly with Elise about Dorinda. And, you know, I got to say, I'll talk about that in a sec, but here is that clip with Dorinda talking about being let go from Real Housewives of New York. And listen, I was looking forward to coming back this year. I was looking forward to having that moment. I mean, when I found out when this thing all went down, I was just getting off the phone with this woman that was doing, she's doing a Bluestone Manor gingerbread house. And I'm thinking it's going to be great for the show. And oh my God, this is going to be my season. And I'm going to come back because everything's done. I'm in a good place. So it really was sort of, you know, no one likes rejection, right? Well, no, if you go out with a guy and you feel like you did something stupid or had bad breath or had spinach in your teeth and you find it out when you get home, you want to go out, you hope the guy calls and then you get to go again to just like make it, make it nice. You wanted to make it nice. That's the truth. Listen, truthfully is this, I, I didn't talk because I didn't want to talk. I, I was ready to go back. I was excited about going back. I was planning on going back and I thought I would have a great year. I wasn't given that option. That's a great way to say it. Your option was not exercised. Yeah, the option was not exercised. It, in my mind, you know, they, they're calling it a pause, which I don't really, for me, I'm an old-fashioned girl. If you're not waitressing and getting paid, you're not waitressing. Okay. okay. So, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, at the end of the day, was it mutual? No. This is pretty much the first time I've spoken as honestly outside of you and I talking. So there you have it from Dorinda's mouth. She it was not mutual. She thought she was going to come back. She thought it was going to be her season. A pause is what they're calling it. And uh, hopefully we do see Dorinda. And I, I, you know, the thing is, I hope Dorinda, you know, just from what I see on the show, I would really hope that she would actually take this time to better herself. She seems like somebody that loves to better themselves. And I think she can use this time. I do want her to at some point realize she needed it, you know, and I just don't think she's there yet, but she's so great. So entertaining. I can't, I will miss her. I definitely will miss her, but I just think there's a lot of anger there. Who knows? I mean, anger from what we saw on the show. Like, remember, we only see a small part of this. Now, uh, my my interview that's coming up right now, Elise Slane, we saw her from Real Housewives of New York, um, one of Ramona's friends that ended up um, at the end of the season not being Ramona's friends. Um, the story of this interview is amazing, and this is where I will say, you know, I had asked her to be on the podcast many times. Bravo wouldn't approve it initially. And then when they found, you know, when the season ended, I, you know, and she realized she wasn't going to come back, she said she would do the podcast there. I mean, it was just kind of a whack, weird way of scheduling. And then my friend Shira asked her as well. And then unfortunately, whatever reason, she didn't make the appointment, but she was so nice and wanted to reschedule. And I know she's been on way bigger podcasts. I think she was on Heather McDonald's this past uh, a week and a half ago. I didn't listen to any of the other podcasts because I wanted to kind of do my own thing. And I think we got something here. And I thought what I really I wanted to, to make a point, too, is that she said, hey, do you mind if we kind of stay away from Ramona? I'm kind of sick of t- talking about her and it. And I was like, oh, my God, totally. We can totally stay away from that. And then we ended up talking about uh, her a bit anyways. But it wasn't um, it wasn't anything bad. You really get the sense from this interview is that they really were friends. And Elise really seems like the person that uh, 
that would is willing to forgive at any point and really does seem like she misses Ramona. This was like her friend. You you get a good sense of like how New York is such a small town. And I hope you listen to that Ray interview, too, because that, um, you know, that that impression was given by him as well. We Harry Dubin, by the way, we inter- I didn't think we did this interview two days ago and she had just seen Harry Dubin the day before at a restaurant. Uh, wild. This Harry Dubin, we got to put a tracker on him. We got to put a GoPro or some kind of low jack device. It's just not safe. He's everywhere. And <laughs> ladies of New York, be warned. Harry Dubin is out there and he is ready to mingle. Um, but I, I, I want to thank Elise. Uh, I don't know if she'll even listen to this, but what uh, just great. Just thank you so much for your time. And uh, I think she comes off really genuine. I think we get to know her more in this interview than we did all season. And uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this. So here is my interview with Elise Slane. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, I am so beyond thrilled to have my next guest. I have talked about her, I think, every episode, even if she wasn't on the episodes this season on the podcast. I thought she was, I thought she's, I think she still is a heavy hitter. And I was so dismayed to find out she was not going to be asked back. I was dismayed she wasn't on the reunion. I was livid. You guys know how livid I was. So I am so thankful to have the legend herself today, Elise Lane. Welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you. What an introduction that was. Well, I mean, well, here's the deal. I don't think people understand. Like I was doing research and, you know, you you popped up on the show, but people don't realize, first off, you're the only actual housewife officially on the show. You're actually married. That's true. <laughs> yeah. I mean, by the way, uh, you ladies have written in about her husband. You kind of have one of the most attractive house husbands uh, they, I, I, I saw the, them, you know, writing about your husband all the time. So we're dismayed. We do not get to meet him. Um, would he have done the show if you would come back on? Um, you know, he is, um, he's an introvert by nature. He's, uh, he has a hedge fund, but his background, he's a theoretical physicist. He's very <laughs> cerebral. Um, I always call him my hot nerd. <laughs> I, I mean, see, like that's, that's already like, I feel like what you do and and actually, so at least you talk about you, you've been in trading and currently you're in cryptocurrency. Is that right? Yes. Like that's what I, I find is shocking is that you have a real, like a husband, a family, a real job that it almost is funny that we really didn't get to see any of that stuff, but like, you're the real deal. We only got like flashes of that this season. Oh, thank you. I, you know, it's funny because I used to, when I first went on Twitter and I'm very new to social media, I really didn't do Instagram or Twitter prior to being on the show, but you must've had a really happy life then and not having to do any of that stuff. (laughs) I only was on Instagram. I never posted. I just did it so I could stalk my daughter. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I used to laugh when people would say, oh, she's so boring. And I was like, I am. Uh, all right, we'll go with that. <laughs> well, so, I mean, so you talk about, uh, I've, I've read other interviews and stuff like that, where you kind of just showed up to a scene with Ramona, I believe, and then they kind of liked you and kept asking you back, right? Right, right. 
So, I mean, when you go into something like that, do you know, like, is Ramona like, hey, we're going to film something tonight, come on by? Like, do you have hesitation at first? Um, In the beginning, I, you know, it was if I was around and I could make it, I would come sort of a thing. And Ramona was very supportive in the beginning. Um, I definitely had a no-go zone um, at a deference to people in my life. So no go means like, I don't want to talk about certain things, yeah. right? Go. Right, right. Um, and that's where my um, my fallout with Ramona actually happened over, but it wasn't on screen. But no, initially, you know, Ramona was supportive and the producers were very supportive and it was fun, but- Were you nervous at all? Getting, were you nervous at all when you started? Like, is that, I mean, do you even, like what I'm trying to like, I, I really, want to understand and I want the listeners to understand is what is shooting like there's like cameras everywhere are they tiny are they big is it hard not to like look directly in the cameras um you know what you actually forget they're there and they're big but for some reason you you just you go about whatever it is you're doing and and it's reality tv so it's real I mean the the bad feelings are real and um you know, now would all of the girls really jump naked in the pool and <laughs> tortures if they were, you know, not being filmed? Probably not. But with this group, you really don't know, you know? Yeah. Well, that's but funny. I, I mean, you were there in that legendary Hampton scene at Ramona's house where you stayed inside and everybody was uh, Leah, Sonia and Tinsley were naked outside. I mean, that really is a legendary Housewife episode. Did you watch any of the Housewives uh, shows before? Were you a fan of them at all? Did that even hit your radar? You know, I um, it's pretty well known now, but it, it wasn't known prior to a few months ago. I actually introduced Jill and Bethany to one another. That, yes, exactly. Which is, I had read that and I was like, I was going to ask if that was true. So that actually is true. That's actually true. Yes. Um, so I watched the first season and- <laughs> All of their fighting actually put knots in my stomach. And so I stopped watching. It was no longer on my radar. Around season 10, I was popping in for parties. And so Ramona would give me a heads up that I was going to be on. And, you know, well, that, I, I mean, watched that one. I had that theory. Well, I mean, it's crazy. If you were not in the show this uh, this year, you would have been one of Ramona's 50 friends or whatever they kept talking about at the party. But uh, Jill and Bethany, that was such a kind of intense fight that it is, it's gotta be weird from the perspective of being both of their friends to watch two people you really know in real life really go at each other. Well, I actually missed the seasons where they really went at one another because in season one, I already got stressed out and stopped watching it. Yes. Uh, and I had gone my separate way from both Jill and Bethany over time. Jill yeah. and I are back in touch. Um, but it just, it just wasn't on my radar. I just, I find fighting and conflict in general stressful, which is really ironic. <laughs> I ended up on housewives, right? <laughs> well, I mean, that's, that was the funny thing was that like, at first you could tell, like, you were kind of in the background and kind of not saying a lot. And then you kind of like got more comfortable. So by the time, I don't think it was the Hamptons, but the other vacation where Leah was trying to like knock down the pillars. Right. Uh, where yeah, she was, you, yeah, you started really kind of opening up and stuff like that, which, but it's kind of crazy if you're not used to that like environment of 
be not being encouraged to fight, but fights actually probably are not discouraged in that environment. It's got to right. be really insane to like kind of catch up to. Yeah. I mean, it was, um, you know, a lot of times I just sort of backed out of the scene because <laughs> I was literally in shock. You know, I was just, <laughs> I would be scratching my head and I would say, wow, okay, nowhere for me to go in this. <laughs> Well, yeah, that 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 dinner when they when Leo was like doing like somersaults and stuff like that, and Ramona and Sonia, you would they the camera would sometimes pan over and you would be quietly eating, and it was hysterical. Like it was so there funny. Was, there was a scene that didn't get um, shown where I tried to break up the craziness. So at one point, after Leah basically had her exorcism, and all the girls <laughs> were sort of back at the table. There was, there was a nanosecond of silence. And so I said to them, you know, none of you have ever asked me about, about me. And they just sort of looked at me and like that, they were on to the next fight. And I was like, <laughs> well, there you go. So I'm just going to eat the lobster, you know? <laughs> Is there any kind of... Uh, I know you said, you know, you just kind of like slowly got into it, but did you have, is there any housewife training in terms of the producers say do's and don'ts or like Ramona or Sonia say, Hey, Elise, you know, like, this is what we advise you to do. Was there anything like well, that for you? Ramona gave me absolutely zero guidance. Shocking. Um, that is shocking. <laughs> I would, but even when she wanted me on the show, she still didn't give me any guidance. And I would say to her, tell me, no go zones. Tell me how I should react to something. And it was also awkward in that I'm not in all the scenes. So I suddenly show up and they're continuing a fight that happened from filming in the afternoon. Yeah. And I'm literally clueless as to what is going on. So I can't interject. I can't take a side because I don't know anything about it. But then the girls, Sonia, Dorinda, they definitely started egging me on because it became obvious <laughs> that Ramona was treating me very badly. I yeah, was like, I, mean, I, I mean, was, was like the, you know, the, the, the stepchild put in the corner all the time. And they kept saying, you have to call her out on the way she's treating you. But I, what was I really liked, I, I really liked that about you though, is that you would, you would say, you would, you would say your feelings or call her out a little bit. But what I liked is that you were always, and this seems like how you might be as a person in real life is you were always willing to forgive or stand up for Ramona or, and it seems like you might do that with any of your friends. Is that, is that kind of how you are in real life? Yes, absolutely. I'm, I'm very protective of my friends and I do forgive um, until I get to, you know, just my breaking point, which is what happened between me and Ramona. But I thought that I walked, you know, I approached her with kid gloves in my conflict with her. But to her, I became, um, what was it? The, the Black Widow. You know? <laughs> which is just so funny because, I mean, you just, I mean, you just never came off as somebody that was aggressive or thirsty or, you know, so it was like one of those funny things. And I think that's like a purely Ramona thing. If you watch the show, it's kind of what, it's who she is, at least on that show. Was it, was it interesting to watch these people, you know, in real life to see how they either turn it on or don't turn it on for the camera? Is there a little bit of turn on for the camera? Uh, no, to how you know them? they're pretty true to themselves. I have to, as scary as, as <laughs> Wait, that Sonya, is. Wait, Sonia's really like that in real life? That is Sonia, yeah, it really <laughs> is. 
on and so, off camera. You see her butt, whether you want to or not. <laughs> so you're, uh, are you Upper East Side as well? Is that where all, so did you guys, like, how did all you ladies, did you always know of Dorinda and Sonia or was it mainly just Ramona or it just seems like it's such a small world. Please do not tell me you dated Harry Dubin at any point. Oh God, no, but I saw him last night at dinner. He Why is he always out? out? He's always just like He's hanging around. Out. He offered to buy a drink for me and uh, my husband. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just feel like he just like haunts the Upper East Side. Like he's always- uh, He is, he, you know, he's, he's, um, he's Weir's Waldo. Nope. Yeah, I mean, like, that, and, but it feels like, it feels like there's only like five, like five guys that these girls all like, kind of like pass around. It's like Tom, Luann's Tom, Harry Dubin. And I'm like, are there not many guys on the Upper East Side? Um, apparently not for housewives. <laughs> Wait, now, how long have you been married? Um, right now, I've been married for two years. And prior to that, I was married for about 17 years. Now your your family what, did they watch the show? Did your daughter watch the show? Did they pay attention at all? My daughter watched some of it, but not all of it. Um, she was she was. I actually left it up to her as to whether or not I would do the show. When I got in the contract, um, I said to her, "You know what?" I said, "It's your call." You, I said, "Over this one and this alone, you have veto power over me." <laughs> So if you don't want me to do it, I won't do it. Um, and she thought about it and she came back and she said, okay, do it. I know you won't ever embarrass me. You know, keep your clothes on, keep your mouth shut, go have fun. <laughs> so I did. <laughs> Does she regret that decision now? Does she? Is she still okay with that decision? She's still okay with it. Well, so I really was, in, in a non-joking way, I was kind of outraged I don't know if you care about it, but I really was bummed that you first off weren't at the reunion and that your contract didn't get picked up. I really was. And I think a lot of us were bummed because I feel like then it's like you kind of accept somebody as the cast. It takes a while to get used to them. And then we get used to you. And then all of a sudden you're not there anymore. And we kind of know you don't have to talk about it, but we kind of know why you're not there anymore. Or at least I'm assuming why you're not there anymore. How did you take the news? Is it anything? Because I know you have a very full life. Did you care at all? Or was it uh, was it just like, who cares? Well, the, there was actually no doubt in my mind that I would never come back full time because I had a very hard time getting through the contract as a friend. So I didn't sign. What do you mean? But what do you mean? But oh, yeah, because you didn't sign until like a couple days before a couple filming days before the, the show aired. Yeah, because I found it really onerous. So um, and I had some back and forths with them. And so I knew that there was no way I could ever really um, sign on as a full time housewife. And in addition to that, I'm not really full-time housewife material if the show is going to continue down the path of the women tearing one another down. And I mean, I wanted more of like a, a sex in the city type show where the women fundamentally cared about one another and didn't go for the juggler. <laughs> yeah. That's that's not this season. That was not this season. That, no, no. So I'm sure that Producers may have been, you know, disappointed with me because I didn't, you know, call out Ramona or get, you know, jump in and get in the middle of like the, the horrible fights. So, you know, yeah. it is what it is. It would have been nice if it were something else and I would have had fun with it. 
Now the the fan base kind of ex, like really got excited last week or maybe a week before because you posted a picture with Barbara Kay, who right. was another one hit wonder. And what was the story behind that photo? So, twi- so people started calling me the Barbara Cave this season, right? Andy, yeah, totally, yeah. The Barbara Cave this season at the reunion, yeah, yeah. Um, and um, David Yantev. Um, oh yeah, but behind way the- back when I first spoke with him, he said. On the very first podcast I've ever done, which was his, he said, you're sort of the Barbara Kay of this season. And I said, what? Because it ended so badly, you know, with her and Luann. And I kept thinking, oh, I, I'm not going to go that far down the rabbit hole with Ramona. But Lord knows we went down the rabbit hole and came out in China. We went so deep, you know. <laughs> um, so on Twitter, people were saying, um, Barbara, release. You two, you two should meet. You two should talk. Yeah. So, Barbara and I sort of went on the email on Twitter and got in touch with one another. And it was so spontaneous. Literally that afternoon, Barbara's like, hey, let's meet for a coffee now. And I said, great. So we <laughs> met and we just had some fun with did the she photo. Did she give you one of her toolkits? She uh, has like those, <laughs> she makes those toolkits. Um, I have to tell you, um, she was, it was serendipitous, right? Because yeah. I, I adore her. So yeah. I actually see the two of us really becoming friends. Well, that's what I was going to ask too, is that what did you, what did you take away from the season? What did you get from it? Do you, I know you're new to social media and what I love about your social media too, guys, if you don't follow her on Instagram, you got to, because you do these kind of advice things like, you know, how to like, uh, how to flirt with a man, uh, how to fight with your, your significant other. And it's kind of really good. Like, have you always... I guess, what, what is the takeaway from this season before I get into your, your Instagram? Um, so the takeaway, that, that's an interesting question. So I guess I, um, I realized that red flags in a relationship should definitely be paid attention um, because there were some red flags with me and Ramona along the way. But I was always saying, well, I'll take the good with the bad. And truth be told, if it wasn't for the show, she and I probably would still be friends. Um, I'm and happy. by the way, is that is that door closed, do you think? Or do you think, well, somewhere along the way, we'll be friends again? I think that it's closed because only what happened after the show, what happened on social media got pretty yeah, yeah. disgusting between the two of us. Um, and that I regret. You know, initially I felt like I was taking the high road. And when I did interviews about her, I still was very, um, very much her cheerleader because I still have respect for Ramona. Um, As much as I'm angry and hurt, I stand by, I think she's intelligent. I think she's pretty. There's a side to her that's fun. So I was really disappointed the first time she spoke out about me, it was really negative and disparaging. So I had literally sent her a text and said, why would you do this? I mean, yes, we hadn't spoken in months and she definitely put out an olive branch a couple of times and I did not take it because I was still upset, but I still figured in time we would figure it out. Yeah. But once she was so disparaging to me, then I sort of took off the gloves and said, okay, bring it. Um, yeah, I mean, well, what I loved about your Instagram is, is you you were doing these like fighting with a, a significant other or something. And it kind of relayed to, it, you said, don't ever embarrass your 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 significant other in, in a public setting. Right. And I feel like 
you know, I don't, I just feel like Ramona was doing that a lot with you. And it was just interesting. I was listening to you say that. I'm like, yeah, that, that kind of, you know, you don't want to do that with a significant other anyways, but it was just kind of like, oh, that's, that's a shame. And it is, you know, it just, it's a shame. Um, have you always been the advice giver of any friend group that you're in? Cause it always. seems like, yeah, always. it seems like you really know what, like you have a very, uh, a, a really good opinion about how to handle things. Um, both my daughter's friends, my friends, um, even my ex-husband's friends <laughs> come to me for advice. <laughs> oh my God. That must, that must be a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So, um, why so you've been trading and now cryptocurrency i mean are you like i for the people that don't know cryptocurrency that's like bitcoin and things like that right right so you've got you have to have an insane mind to be trading cryptocurrency that you can even understand any of this like is or this you just have to be insane period but are you but you don't seem insane so like i mean are you on like the computer all the time are you like i feel all like you're a hacker time. all like, the time in fact i'm I don't really sleep more than an hour or two because I'm always, cryptos are 24 seven. So I'm always looking to see what's happening. Um, you know, it, at, during the nighttime, I'm trading with Korea basically. And I mean, but you're trying to predict like trends, right? You're trying to predict trends in the market. Is that, that how it works? Right. Well, there are, there are basically, you know, two approaches. There's, um, a momentum trader, um, or you trade or range trading. And so I try to take two positions. I try to hold on to a long position and then I do some range trading as well, where I just try to pick up cryptos. I don't even know what you just said, but you sound insanely smart. So that's, no. <laughs> so, um, okay. So you film the show, um, when, uh, did you start like towards the end of the season? I know you went to Leah's uh, married to the mob party and you kind of had a little thing with, uh, with Ramona there, but like at that point, were you starting to not get asked to events and stuff like that? Or. Um, so when they went to Mexico, I had already had plans to go with my husband to art Basel, but there was still some talk of me going to Mexico and Ramona clearly did not want me there. So I went ahead with my plans and the girls went off to Mexico and Dorinda and Leah were calling me, telling me that Ramona was really saying uh, some pretty nasty things about me. So I was definitely getting worked up. And then I was supposed to go to, I was initially invited to Sonia's Century 21 thing and to Dorinda's party, but Ramona kept telling everybody, don't invite her anymore. We don't, I don't want her there. And the only one who did not listen to her was Leah. So yes. that's how I ended up at the Married to the Mob. But I was a little oblivious to it because, you know, I am still focused on my trading and stuff. So I did ask what was going on. Um, didn't yeah. get much of an answer. And so I just sort of went about my own thing. Yeah, I mean, that was a great moment uh, actually in the show. Um, did you watch the season even when you weren't in episodes? Did you watch every episode? I did. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't watch it live. I recorded it. And so I just to sort of see if I was going to be mentioned or something in Mexico, you know, to see what, you know, what was really going on behind the scenes that I was not there experiencing. Well, I mean, like, that's the part, like, what is it like 
being a part of something and then, I mean, first off, watching scenes with yourself in it, what is that experience like for somebody that is not used to being on TV full time? And then when you're not on it and you hear yourself being talked about, like on the reunion, how do you mentally process that? Well, I mean, I was I was definitely hurt when Sonia had agreed with Ramona that I didn't have her back because that's not what Sonia was saying to me all season. And I actually released one of Sonia's messages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, text, just to yeah. show that Sonia was talking out of both sides of her mouth. So that was upsetting. And then even to hear Luann saying, Luann was never nice to me. And her her BS story that she didn't know me before, just a lie. Um, but I don't know what her issue was with me. And then to hear her jumping on the bandwagon with Ramona, that was definitely upsetting. And even the things that Ramona was saying, right? I mean, she hurt more than anyone because I, you asked me how I knew the other girls. I've known Dorinda for about 15 years. I knew her with Richard. Um, I've known Sonia a very long time. Um, but Ramona was the one I loved, right? Yeah. She was my really close friend. So to hear the things that she was saying and things that she was feeling, yeah, that was definitely hard to take. And uh, I'm not going to um, pretend that I'm 100% right and she's 100% wrong. You know, perception is reality, right? So see, that's what I love about you, though. Like, you're actually, like, that's, I, 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 I like those kind of people that say, hey, I could be a little wrong. I could, you know, like, I, I like because other people aren't like that, you know? Like, you know, Ramona's definitely not like that. But I like people that are like, yeah, maybe I'm not, like, 100% right in everything. I, I think that's just in general, like where we are in this country, it's like, it's all right to like sometimes be a little wrong, you know? Right. And I mean, I definitely, I, I believe that I'm self-aware. Um, yeah. So, but what I'm not aware of is what role I played in this. I've really tried to figure it out. And I do feel badly that something transpired that made Ramona feel unsafe. Um, Something transpired that made me feel unsafe, but I can articulate what that is. I have let I've yet to understand what it was that I did that made Ramona do a 180. Do you have, have you had throughout your life a lot of female friends, or are you mainly like a woman that has a lot of male friends or both? Both. I, yeah. I've had some very long-term female friends. Um yeah, I don't have 50 best friends. Um, Who does? Who does? It's like, that's a Guinness Book of World Records. But right. I mean, well, like I'm just saying, when you come on a show like this and immediately kind of get embroiled in drama or you're seeing, not even you you being involved in drama, but like, I mean, I was thinking about Bluestone Manor. You were there for when like Dorinda was hammered, yelling at like Luann, like there's a mugshot of your, your drunkness and you're watching all of this stuff. Is it, are your normal relationships outside of TV that drama filled? I have never had um, fights with friends. I could, I, one of my closest friends, she's like a sister to me. She and I are polar opposites on politics and our views of the economy. Um, and she and I can have really great discussions and every now and then change one another's minds kind of a thing. Um, I've never had fights with people, but the girls in the, the 50 best friends, they are, I'm also in that friend group. Um, 
And some of them are mean girls and they do talk behind one another's backs and then they're kissing each other. And I'm like thinking, wow. <laughs> yeah. So but, I, I approach- But you just steer clear of them, right? Yeah. Um, you were at that birthday party. Uh, was Leah going too far in her dancing? No, we were all doing it. Number one, she wore a bodysuit. So yeah. it was very cute at production to sort of blur it out, but yeah. she was wearing a bodysuit. And we were all doing it. So, I mean, Dorinda joined in, Sonia joined in, you know, I was across the room and I turned around and I was like, oh, gangbang. You know? <laughs> let, let me be the caboose. <laughs> now, um, what has been your contact with the, I know Ramona's whatever, what has been your contact with the other ladies uh, since filming stopped? And this all aired during uh, COVID and during the shutdown in New York, uh, Leah talked about what a weird experience it was watching herself and being kind of like inside the whole time. And so like her, like luckily people were nice to her or it would have been a whole different situation. What is your, uh, what's your relationship with the women now? And how was that like being like having all this happen during COVID? Um, so my, my, I still enjoy a relationship with Leah. And yeah, you, she came to your Hamptons place, right? right? Yes. Nice. Um, I've not spoken to Sonia since the reunion, um, but she liked an Instagram post of mine the other day. So maybe- <laughs> We're back in high school. I love that. I love that it's like, she liked one of my posts. <laughs> um, it was pretty funny. One time in the Hamptons, I was with Leah and we walked into Intermix in Southampton and we both had masks on. And someone in the store recognized Leah, even with her mask on. So she got really excited and this person wanted her picture taken with Leah. So she hands me her camera to take the picture. So I'm going to take the picture and all of a sudden the girl realizes, wait a minute, it's you too. You know, so <laughs> she pulled the camera away from me and put me in, in the picture and then gave the camera to someone else to take, you know, but yeah. But basically it was, uh, yeah, I mean, you walk around the mask on and whenever somebody did realize it was me, it was very funny in that time and time again, people would feel the need to tell me that they dislike Ramona. Oh, hi, I don't like Ramona. You, <laughs> you, she treated you so badly. I love you. And I was but like, yeah. That's hi. the show. The show brings out these heavy emotions in the fan base. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, do you talk to Dorinda at all anymore? Yeah. And uh, have you talked to her since she was not picked back up? And I think that's the right decision. I was very happy. Like, I think she just needs some time off, you know? I think, yeah, I think she needs some time off. I think she sounds really strong. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if she shows up the following season. I definitely think so too. Yeah. Um, how has the fan base been with you? You said you're kind of newer to all of this stuff. What's it like to start seeing you pop up in memes? I mean, like there's the good and the, there's the bad. Right. What's that like to deal with all of a sudden? Um, so I used to get a little hurt when yeah. people would say mean things, right? So I was like, when people were saying I was thirsty, I was like, I'm not even talking. <laughs> what do you mean I'm thirsty? First I had to understand what that was, right? Yeah. And then I'm saying, I, I'm sitting there like half the time I'm backing out of the scene. How does that make me thirsty? But so, but sometimes people who didn't like me completely turned around. Um, they would say something mean and I was, if it wasn't so horrible, 
I would respond to them. And then people were like, oh my God, there's a real person here. People, you know? but that, I mean, that is, and I'll say that definitely. I mean, I, I, I run a joke account and it's really weird when you actually start realizing these are real people because it kind of comes off like, I always compare it to like uh, WWE wrestling. Like you guys are like Hulk Hogan and all these like high, high characters that when you stop and think that, oh my God, you actually did have real relationships with these ladies before the show. That's like mind blowing to me, you know? Right. No, I mean, look what I'm, I'm definitely sad over what transpired between me and Ramona. I mean, I, I vacillate between sadness and anger, but I've not achieved apathy yet. I would be lying to say that I did. Yeah. I mean, it seems like you have a great sense of humor about everything too. You're not like bitter about the experience. You seem like you have like, I mean, I, I think that probably just comes from actually having a life on the outside too, right? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I mean, you know, when she called me the Black Widow on my Instagram, the next day I posted me as a the, Black Widow. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a compliment. Come on. Um, uh, let's see, The as we start wrapping up, um, what... Um, so you, I, I was just looking at your Instagram and I was like, oh, I really like your little like advice things you do. Is there any kind of desire to actually do any other project? Would you ever go on TV again? Is there anything that you want to like involved in any of this or you're like, ah, I'm good? Um, well, the advice thing I, I do enjoy and I'm amazed how many people. So I get hundreds of DMs per day. Yeah. And so many people, even now in cameos, it used to be in cameos, people wanted me to talk about housewives. And now cameos are asking me to give advice on relationships, friendships. Yeah. So um, I definitely enjoy doing that. And I got involved with um, a company, Beauty Society, who sent me some skincare products. And you already I'm, have amazing skin. You have like the best skin. What are you talking I about? Didn't. I am telling you, I'm not like a girly girl that gets into like all these products and things, but I really love these and being an investor instead of a girly girl, instead of like, Oh, I'm going to buy these products. I thought, Oh, I should buy this company. <laughs> That's um, awesome. But, but they, she wouldn't sell, but I did partner with her. <laughs> That's amazing. So you actually got, well, that's awesome. Yeah, so you, you, but this beauty society is fabulous. I mean, that's what I want to impress to people listening is that you're not like, you weren't never just a housewife. You actually like were like on wall street, you were trading, you're in cryptocurrencies, things that people can't even possibly imagine. Like that, that has to take a real like knowledge and understanding to actually do what you do. Oh, thank you. Yeah, no, I'm an investor. I like to invest in businesses and in people. I hear a great idea. Um, you know, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'm an investor. So, who was your alter ego on Wall Street that you talked Erica. about? It? Erica. Erica. See, that's what bums me out. We never got to see Erica. I was like picturing second your second season. You would get really drunk at some point, and Erica would come out. Like we never got to see it. That Erica bitch always gets me in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you said cameo, and now I just remembered you did the amazing cameo where Leah popped up and ran her mouth about Ramona, right? That was you yeah, yeah. at your place. Um, so uh, also, I guess the, the most important question is, I'm in love with Leah. Can I have her number? <laughs> I will ask her. <laughs> thank thank you. Finally. It was a lot yes. of competition because both men and women are in love with Leah. I got, yes, everybody loves Leah. Like, I mean, and that's what I'm saying. You, you, ah, competition with men and women. Have you set Leah up yet? Um, you tried. 
I I tried with one guy and then there's a second that I'm I'm trying to figure out if it's a good setup or not yet. When Are I you a matchmaker? Up, I do it very seriously. Well, like you, so you've matchmaked you you've you've set people up before. I've gotten four couples married. <laughs> that's amazing. See, okay, so that's your show. You give advice and then you set people up uh, on dates. Like that's and I coach them through the relationship. <laughs> Wait, for real? Like you actually, any kind of stuff? Yes, that's amazing. Yeah, I tell her to how to act. I tell him how to act. I set up a gay couple. Yep, I've done ghost texting for people. Oh my, oh, you've done uh, like Cyrano de Bergerac texts? Yes, I have. <laughs> oh my God. See, you have to, you've got to charge is, for this. When the problem is, is that when I'm like ghost texting, I can coordinate and, and predict all the moves and then the person does unauthorized texting and they, they blow it all. And I'm like, God, this is better than Unauthorized texting. Okay, well, so actually uh, give, okay, so what should women, I mean, I guess women, what do you think women need to do to land a man or a girl? Like what, what is your advice for something like that? What's the best way to go about dating in today's society? Have, have your own interests be independent and have passion in your life. And then you will attract the right type of a person. And don't what look to live through somebody else and don't look for someone else to bring the excitement to you. Yeah. And also it seems like I have like mainly female friends and it always seems like they're willing to put up with so much crap that like, it's just like, I don't understand why women do it to themselves. You know, it's like they cut them loose. You know, uh, growing up, uh, uh, you know, basically on wall street, I definitely learned to think like a man. And that's where I think my advantage is. And I've said to some women, think like a man, act like a lady. I like, that's the title of your book. Think like a man, act like a lady. You've got like, you've got multiple business deals in the works. I mean, like (laughs) you need to be on Shark Tank or something. Um, Elise, thank you so much for uh, for doing this today. I really, I've talked about you on the podcast because I really, really, enjoyed watching you even in the smaller moments. Cause I would love to watch the ladies fighting and then they would pan over to you and you would be completely <laughs> calm. But I did think you landed some really good, you had great lines. And even in that, that married to the mob scene, what you said to Ramona, I thought was like really uh, weirdly like coherent for like a pressure situation. <laughs> like you really kind of nailed that line. I was just like, Whoa. Um, but thank you so much for taking the time because you don't have to do any of this. And I just, you don't seem thirsty at all. Like, by the way, I've, I've bugged poor Elise for like months now. So the fact that she's doing this is just, we're so thankful. So thank you so much. Um, Thank you. What can we do for you besides, you know, follow you on Instagram? Where do we find out about your skin company that you didn't purchase but are partnering? uh, In my my bio is uh, my website to the skincare. um, And I promise you, People will love it. There is a visible difference. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's a win-win. Wait, what? Uh, do you watch TV in your normal? Like, do you do you enjoy TV at all, or is it just like I, oh, I read? What do you I watch? Do. What 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 do you watch normally? Uh, well, I just watched a documentary that I think is one of the best documentaries I've ever seen. My yeah. octopus teacher. I hear that's amazing on Netflix. Yes. And I will never eat octopus again. I literally was, I had tears streaming down my face watching this. Oh, wow. So octopus, are you into any kind of like TV shows that you watch every week? No, I loved Ozark. 
Yo, God, that's so good. That new seat, like so much intense things happens to that family. It's, it's too much. Um, Um, but no no reality shows really, right? I love killing Eve. I hear that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what's, what are the plans for tonight? Are you, are you staying in, going out? What are you doing? Going out to dinner tonight with, um, my husband and my stepdaughter. I well, tell, a, tell Harry Dubin hi if you see him tonight. I'm, I'm sure, sure you will. will run. No, I think, well, he told me he was leaving for Palm Beach soon, but, <laughs> but I'm sure he'll pop up one more time. Oh my God. I was just reading that there's a, a Instagram, a Instagram account called Dumois that people put celebrity sightings in and you were in like, this was like a month or so ago. You and Ramona were eating in the Hamptons, like two doors down from each other at the same time. And people had sent in photos. Like yeah, that's- I heard that. Someone sent that to me. Well, she and I were literally a few weeks ago, I was sitting down at a restaurant and she was talking to the maitre d' and she literally was pressed up against me and pretended not to see me. What a small world. That, what I was going to her butt. That's, but that's like, we're back in high school. You are back in high school. That is uh, amazing. So uh, Elise, thank you so, so much. And guys, please, anything she does, go support uh, because she's been so gracious with her time. So thank you so much, Elise. My Uh, pleasure. Thank you so much. This was fun. Thank you, Elise. What a delight. Wasn't that fun? I liked her a lot. I think I, uh, I'm i bummed that we're not going to see her again, but I, I really do recommend going to her Instagram. I love all the advice things that she gives out. It really is cute, and I, I mean, I, I think I'm going to go to her for advice from here on out. So uh, thank you so much, Elise. Please go follow her, tell her you like the interview, all that kind of stuff. Uh, I think that always helps to uh, let her know we appreciate it so we can get more people here. Um, Okay, you guys, are you ready for something silly and fun? Are you ready? Well, I mean, it's angry. It's a, hey, I'm Garth. Hey, Ryan, uh, would you play a clip that you can make fun of like you made fun of me saying, I like that. Well, I think I might have found a clip. Let's see if we can... Let's see if we can do anything with this. This might just be too angry. So we're going to, we're putting this at the end of the show, but let's see. Whew. Okay. So one of my favorite actors, uh, an amazing actor is Sir Christian Bale. Now Christian Bale played Batman. So I, I don't know if you guys know, but I'm a huge Batman freak. Yeah. I'm a Renaissance man. I can like Housewives and Batman, but I love Christian Bale's Batman because he was like, oh, Batman. Oh, Batman. Oh. and he was like, oh, the Joker. He like had this, gra- like it must have hurt his voice. Are you telling me this? Like it was just, oh. like uh, my voice, my voice is already, <laughs> like I would keep coughing <laughs> in the middle of the scenes. Uh, you can't get away from me, Joker. It's, it hurts your voice to do that. So he is just one of the best actors of our generation. 
And by the way, I don't, when I say our generation, I don't even know what generation. Is there like when, – when do the generations start? Like what, what generation I, – I, they should like let us know what generation I'm a part of. But I think it's our generation. He's just an amazing actor. And he has done – like every one of his film roles have been like amazing. And he just has amazing choices in in things that he he picks to work on. Now the only <laughs> – the only thing, the only film I think he's done where I'm like, what was he was in the movie Terminator Salvation or it's one of the Terminator movies. Um, and it, it was supposed to be a trilogy, but it was so bad. They only made one of them. And Christian Bale was the lead of that movie. And this is like 2009, I think, 2008. But there is audio of him flipping out on the director of photography. Now, the director of photography, just to explain a little bit about filming, he is the one that does all the lights for the film. He is in conjunction with the director. Um, the director kind of says, oh, this is the look I'm looking for. And then that uh, director of photography will make it look like that. Like if you want it like just dark and moody or really crisp and clean, like the selling sunset lighting uh, people are amazing. And making everything look just beautiful and pop. But so the director of photography and they're usual real assholes. They're like chefs. They're like Tom, the chef from below deck, real cocky people. But guess who's cockier? Mr. Christian Bale, Mr. Christian, don't fuck with me, Bale. So this audio, somebody must have recorded it and it got leaked and it's so intense. The thing that makes me laugh, though, about this clip is not that because this guy's getting his ass chewed out by Christian Bale, which is like, how do you go home that day? And it's like, I got my ass chewed out by Christian Bale. I would never be able to watch Batman again. I'd be like, fuck, he hates me. Batman hates me. Um, the thing that makes me laugh is that this is he because he, he's like, I'm I'm an actor. I'm really trying to act good here, which is just already funny. You're already in like, it's hard to explain what actors go through to do their work. So when they explode, it's really funny because Christian Bale's a little bit of what we call a method actor. So he's like really just putting himself in these situations. And the situation that he's putting himself in is that there's a Terminator out. <laughs> there's a Terminator out. There's a Terminator after him. So it's such a dark place to be because I don't know if you guys know this. Terminators aren't real. Knock on wood. You know, like Terminators aren't real. And when I think of Terminators, I think of like Arnold Schwartz, like I'll be back. I'm a central put. I'm a central process in a learning computer. Like a, like a Terminators, like have a heavy Slavic accents, but so Christian Bale is like deep in this scene and he's upset because a lighting director moved past where he could see and he was trying to visualize, I'm guessing, Terminators. And so it took him out of the moment. And this this is what you're about to hear. And we'll go through this together because this is this is insane. Kick your fucking ass. I want you off the fucking set, you prick. No, don't just be sorry. Think for one fucking second. Think for one fucking second. I've seen Terminators everywhere. How dare you? The, the fuck are you doing? I'm trying to save the world. And you're just walking by. People are after me, man. Ro 
robots with guns. Look out, he's behind you. Are you professional or not? Yes, I am. Do I fucking walk around and rip that? No, shut the fuck up, Bruce. Do I want? No. No. Don't shut me up. Am I going to walk around and rip your fucking lights down in the middle of a scene? Then why the fuck are you walking right through? Ah, da 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 da, like this in the background. What the fuck is it with you? Oh, da 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 da. I'm Oh, da 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 da. What the fuck is it with you, man? We have robots breathing down our necks. I, hey, 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 hey. Am I professional? Am I professional? Do I, do I turn off the lights in my trailer? Yes. How dare you? Hey, hey. I, do I do this to you? Do what the fuck is it with you, man? I lost my family to robots. Robots, bro. And you come in. La da 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 da. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> he thinks he sees robots. <laughs> he can't. He can't. He can't tell if it's real. Oh, 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 the robot. <laughs> he can't tell what's. He's that good. He can't tell. He's he's so in his mind. He can't even tell you guys. He's like, so like he's like, robots killed my mom. Bruce, what are you doing here? What don't you fucking understand? You got any fucking idea about? Hey, it's fucking distracting having somebody walking up behind Bryce. In the middle of the fucking scene. I almost blew your head off with my fake laser gun. You almost died by a fake laser gun, Bruce. Oh, you did, Bruce. I almost shot you dead like a robot. A robot that we're fighting. Whose side are you on, Bruce? Did the robot send you, Bruce? You tell me now, Bruce. Bruce, did the Terminator send you? Tell me, Bruce. Tell me. Give me a fucking answer! What don't you get about it? I was looking at the light. Oh, good for you! And how was it? Oh, good for you! Doing your job! How was the light? It was, uh, bright. Oh, bright! Oh, one of those lights, Bruce. I bet you were one of those people that flushed the toilet after you duty in it. How was your duty, Bruce? Oh, good for you. I don't want any lights on this set anymore. No more lights. I want darkness everywhere, Bruce. You hear me, Bruce? Good for you. I hope it was fucking good because it's useless now, isn't it? Fuck's sake, man, you're amateur. For fuck's sake, man, you don't know how to fight robots. You never did, bro. Oh, well, I'm glad we got that lighting shot because it's unusable now. No, no, you can see in my eyes that all of a sudden I saw you. We need the audience to believe that I believe that robots exist. Bro, that's fucking amateur, bro. I refuse to be in a movie where I Hey. <laughs> hey, hey, bro. Tell me right now. Do robots exist and are they trying to kill me? Uh, no. Are you fucking kidding me, Bruce? Get this man off the set. I'm being trying to be killed by robots. Are you kidding me? <laughs>
so fucking crazy. I'm trying to fucking do a scene here and I'm going, why the fuck is Shane walking in there? What is he doing there? Do you understand my mind is not in the scene if you're doing that? Do you know, do you know how minds work? Do you, Shane? Do you know how minds work? Well, my mind is trying to think that robots exist, Shane. And then I see Shane come up, and I'm like, that's a lighting guy. Where? Who is that? And by if, if I'm in character, I shouldn't even know who Shane is. You ever think about that? It's bullshit, Shane. It's amateur hour, I'll tell you that. Can you believe? I mean, you gotta love somebody that's this. That's it, folks. I love people that are passionate. Garth Brooks has the same passion. Uh, Justin Bieber has the same passion. Christian Bale has the same passion. I, I absolutely apologize. I'm sorry. I did not mean anything bad. Stay off the fucking set, man. For fuck's sake. Right, let's go again. I like here he's all cool like, hey, stay off the fucking set, man. This set's for people who... <laughs> this set's for people who believe in robots. Okay? And you don't believe in robots, dude. Or you wouldn't be one. <laughs> you would Hey, McGee, you believe in robots? I guess. That's right. Hey, Randy, you believe in robots? Uh, I guess so. Yeah. Shane, you're the only one here. <laughs> you're, the, you're the only one here that doesn't believe in robots, and it's pissing me off. Let's go again. By the way, also, Christian Bale isn't the director. He's not the one that's supposed to, like, call the shots, which kind of... Like, Christian Bale could be the Mariah Carey of actors, you know? Let's not take a fucking minute. Let's go again! And let's not have you fucking walking in! Can I have Tom put this on, please? Yeah, you don't walk through again. Uh, could I have Tom put on my Spaceman helmet, please? <laughs> Tom, 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 could you load me up with my space lasers, please? Come on, Tom, put my space lasers on my body, please. It's very real. Come on, Tom. You're unbelievable, man. You're unfucking believable. Ah, uh, you don't fucking understand what it's like working with actors. That's what that is. No, that's, not- that's what that is, man. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, bro. I'm telling you. I'm a doctor of actors, and I'm telling you. You don't know what it's like, bro. I'm telling you. No, what it is is looking at the light and making sure that I'm- I want to fucking kick your fucking ass. You know, shut up for a second, all right? I'm going to go. Do you want me to go fucking trash your lights? Do you want me to fucking trash them? Then why are you trashing my scene? Do you want me to fuck that light pole? Do you want me to fuck that light pole? Because I'll fucking do it, Shane. Just like you're fucking my scene. Look at me. I'm fucking this light pole, Shane. Also, I do got to say, Shane shouldn't have talked back at that point. Because Shane was like, no, what I'm trying to do is... He's like, I'll fucking kick your ass, bro. I'm not trying to trash. You are trashing my scene. You do it one more fucking time. And I ain't walking on this set if you're still hired. I'm fucking serious. You're a nice guy. You're a nice guy. But I don't fucking cut it when you're bullshitting and fucking around like this on set. You're a nice guy. You're a stand-up guy. But nice guys don't cut it when we're trying to kill robots and save humanity. It don't cut it, bro. It don't cut it. Shane, watch out. There's a robot behind you. Yeah, you might get it. He doesn't fucking it. Get, I it. I get it. You might. I get it. He does not get it. And good adjustments. Okay. 
okay. <laughs> I love the guy trying to be his peacekeeper. Christian, really constructive. That's really constructive notes. I like it. Okay, so, okay, everybody, remember, just um, uh, to fuck the hell right off. Honestly, I get it. Walk for five seconds. For no, five I don't seconds. need any fucking walking. He needs to stop walking. I ain't the one walking. No, I don't need to move my feet. He needs to move his feet. I gotta sit down. No, he doesn't gotta sit. I gotta sit down. No, he shouldn't be walking. I should be walking. Seriously, man, you and me, we're fucking done professionally. By the way, I suggest anybody that breaks up with anybody from here on out go like, no, seriously, man, <laughs> me and you are done professionally. Me and you are fucking done professionally. <laughs> Personally, we're going to be the best friends professionally. I don't want you on my robot set. I could I cannot go into battle with you. How do you go home that day and go like, um, "Hey honey, um, what's wrong? What's wrong?" Um, Christian Bale um thought he was fighting robots and then I distracted <laughs> he distracted him and he exploded on me cuz it broke his con- his concentration. His act, he broke his actor concentration. He didn't, I made him not believe in robots for like a second. And I, come on. <laughs> wow, folks. Wow. That, uh, that took a lot out of me. Cause that's, um, that's full insanity at its best. And uh, if you have any clips like that, please send them my way. If there's something that you're like, oh, my God, I've always been fascinated with that. I've always been fascinated with that Christian Bale clip. So I'm fat. I'm really glad I got to play that for you guys because it's insane. That's pretty intense to end the show with. But that is what we're going to do. Uh, I'd like to thank all of my guests today. Amy Phillips. What a dream. Ray Setter. What a guy. Um, what a guy. I sound like Christopher Walken. Uh, and of course, Elise Slane. Thank you so much, Elise. Amazing. What a great show. What a great show. Uh, we've learned a lot together. And remember, this is part one. Part two will be out tomorrow with Bill and Becky Bailey. I'll be doing a recap of one of the Bravo shows. I have another clip I want to play uh, that is cracking me up this week that is deeply disturbing. And uh, maybe a review of uh, a little restaurant we like to call Sir. So... Tomorrow will be part two. This was part one. Uh, as always, go leave me a good review if you like this. Uh, follow me on Instagram. Join the Patreon. Join the baddies. Be a baddie. We're all baddies at heart. And I, I, I really do. I hope you guys are okay. I know it is so intense out there. And we got three more weeks of this before this crazy election. It just doesn't quit. But guess what? We're almost out of 2020. And 2021 is going to be all of our years. Um, I think about you guys all the time. Thank you so much for letting me do this, for giving me, uh, I don't know. Thank you so much, you guys. I really, I really do appreciate it. Um, oh, wait, actually, this kind of fits in with this and I keep meaning to talk to you guys about this, but, uh, Maritza, who I've talked about before, she's one of my partners in this endeavor. Uh, I've just been really beat, um, mentally and emotionally and physically lately. And she sent me this, uh, article, uh, that says 30 signs of soul exhaustion. And I kind of left, laughed at first because I thought soul exhaustion, that, that sounds so weird. And the article says, are you in a funk and feeling like you can't get out of it? Perhaps you're going through a traumatic event. Your heart and mind are preoccupied with what's going on in your life. Suddenly your body starts reacting to the situation. Your body and mind are interconnected. So when your mind is stressed, your body will begin to show the symptoms. When the physical symptoms begin to manifest, the first thing you'll want to do is treat them. The symptoms will go away for a short time with some treatment, but they'll soon return. Why? Well, treating the symptoms won't 
erase the cause. Your emotional struggles are not resolved by treating physical side effects. The expectation of getting better physically is unrealistic when the root cause of the problem is not addressed. Stepping beyond the physical issues and treating the problem is the only way to help. Your soul is tired. A worn-out soul is impossible to heal with medication. It takes confronting the underlying issues directly and dealing with them comprehensively to allow the soul to revive and recover. Here are just some of the ways your soul will try to tell you it's exhausted and needs help. And this is where it got eerie for me, folks. And I don't know if you guys, I know a lot of you guys reached out about this. So maybe you're feeling the same way. So I just wanted to, uh, I hope this isn't like me being on a high horse. I just really wanted to share this. Uh, 30, you're physically exhausted all the time. Yep. Um, 29, you have body aches. Yep. 28, you often feel dizzy. I felt dizzy on the drive back from Arizona, which is so weird. Um, what if, what, if, what if halfway through I'm like, oh my God, I think I'm dead. <laughs> 27, you have digestive complaints. I do, but that that's also kind of the Taco Bell. I did that to myself. Um, 26, you experience sudden blurred vision. My vision has not been good, but that's just, I think I have older eyes, you know. Um, 25, you have headaches all the time. Folks, I've, my, some of my close friends know that I've been getting headaches in the morning and the evenings at the at the top of my neck and the the front of my skull. Um, but I mean, for real, I just made this joke, but I'm really like, maybe I am dead. 24, you feel emotionally numb. Now, this one I feel like we all feel. I feel emotionally numb a lot of the times because so much crazy stuff has happened. Uh, it's happening politically, emotionally, family, uh, friends. Every, you know, it's like there's so much that you do kind of numb out at a certain point, you know. You know? Uh, 23, you can't explain your feelings. I'm having a hard time explaining it to you guys even. Uh, 22, you often feel disoriented. 21, you experience panic attacks. Um... 20, you feel lost and lonely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, baby. Woo, I feel lost and lonely. 19, you feel bitterness and resentment. I don't know about that one. Um, 18, you feel anger and jealousy. Mm, anger sometimes. Uh, 17, you feel weak, definitely. 16, you are afraid of the future, without a doubt. Uh, 15, you lose your passion. You know, I don't lose my passion. I have, I have like strong passion for this, but what it does, sometimes I will not want to work. I will not want to face the work, you know, because when I sit down to do this, it's just like, I know I'm in it, you know, and it's hard to like step away and it's a lot, you know, but it, it's not losing my passion. I would say, um, you eat too much. Hell yes. That's like my comfort. Um, 13, you eat too little. I wish, um, 12, the ghosts of the past haunt you. There are a couple moments in my life that do haunt me. 11, you feel something is missing. Yeah. Um, 10, you don't want to help others. That's not true. Um, 9, you make excuses to be alone. Definitely. Like, I crave to be alone now. Um, you let others treat you like a doormat. Uh, I don't know. I don't think that's true. Uh, seven, you don't let go of toxic people. Um, six, you feel unloved. I don't feel unloved. Uh, five, you are prepared to go against your own morals and principles. Uh, four, you self-medicate. Mm -hmm. Three, you don't recognize yourself. Sometimes. Um, two, you feel unmotivated. Yes. 
and one you don't laugh anymore. And that's not true. We laugh all the time on here. So uh, I just thought I wanted to share that with you because it, it made a lot of sense to me. It kind of like it was eerie to me. And I, I don't want to leave the show on a down note because I think the only reason I'm sharing that is that we can get through this together, that we can, um, you know, lean on each other, laugh with each other, um, that this is a normal part of life, that this is just something that we go through. And to acknowledge it, I think, um, is one of the steps to make things better, you know? And we got to get up every day and we got to shower. I'm literally telling this to myself right now. And it's going, the insanity around us isn't going to quit. So we got to make sure that we feel okay and we feel good. So uh, hopefully I can help with that. And if you need me anymore, DM me. And, and you guys, I am serious. If I don't answer immediately, just DM me again. Like I'm trying to keep up and, uh, but please don't, uh, I, I want to talk to everybody. So thank you for even wanting to like say anything to me. That's amazing. Um, so thank you guys from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I hope you had a lot of fun today, uh, because I had fun making this. So, um, remember part two tomorrow and we got a lot of good stuff coming up on Patreon and I love you guys. And I'm going to stop talking like I won an award. <laughs> Uh, let's leave you with a so sad it's good. Uh, let's do a two for Tuesday with Van Halen to celebrate Eddie Van Halen's life. This song always made me uh, feel the feels as a little kid. It's called um, Love Comes Walking In by Van Halen. Um, and it always uh, it always made, I don't know, like, you know those songs when you're a kid where you know you don't have the emotional bandwidth or even the experiences, like, you, you haven't been in any kind of relationship yet, so you have no clue what these songs mean when they're talking about, like, you know, relationship. Because when you're, like, seven years old, you've been in none, so you're just kind of imagining what love is. And I remember doing that with this song. I remember a lot of Chicago songs. There was this one album in Chicago, uh, and it was like all kind of sad songs. And I always like, like, don't look away, baby, look away. If you see me walking by. And I was like a kid. I was like, yeah, someday I'll be in a relationship and I'll tell a lady to look away if they see <laughs> But that's what I love about songs. Like, you know, it kind of moves you and it, it kind of like you feel something familiar with songs. And it's even with your kid, like we before even experiencing love, you're like, oh, this seems like something I will experience one day. And I remember this was like always kind of a chilling song and still is to me, you know, and um, I haven't heard this in so long. And I was going through Van Halen songs yesterday and this popped up and I just thought it was such a like weird little tune but also call it kind of really melancholy as well. And I thought that would be a perfect way to end the show. So this is love walks in by Van Halen. Rest in peace, Eddie Van Halen. You did good, man. We, we all jammed to you. So, uh, we'll talk to you guys tomorrow.
Betches.